Blog Talk Radio. Miami Hurricanes, now the winners of 14 straight games, 
number two in the country, and smack in the middle of the ACC championship and national championship playoff picture. Notre Dame was the latest Miami victim, and what an evening it was inside Hard Rock Stadium on Saturday night. Fueled by the most electric crowd you will ever see anywhere, the Hurricanes thoroughly dominated the Fighting Irish from start to finish in their most dominant performance of the season. The victory propelled Miami to the number two spot in the AP and coaches polls, and we're going to find out in about an hour what the college football playoff committee thought when this week's rankings are announced. Hello again, everybody. I'm Gary Furman, the publisher of Canesport.com, and we once again welcome you to another edition of Canesport Live. As always, this is your show, and it'll be driven by your participation. The call-in number is 563-999-3633. That's 563-999-3633. By now, you know the drill. You hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. That puts you in the queue. We bring you on in the order that you land in that queue. And I know everybody's waiting with bated breath, so I'm going to let you know right now. Greg is not number one tonight again been beaten to the punch but we'll get to that in a minute um as always we ask subscribers at canesport.com to post the topics and questions that they want to hear discussed on tonight's show a lot of really good ones submitted again this week and we'll address them as we go through the show you know the past two weeks the miami offense and defense have simply taken their games to another level the defense has been flying around like maniacs and has feasted on the energy of the frenzy over the turnover chain with four turnovers in each of the last three games. Meanwhile, Mark Rick has been drawing up his offensive game plans like a total boss, custom tailoring the attack each week to what he feels best fits the needed strategy against that particular opponent, making it extremely difficult for those teams to prepare for Miami. Listen to what Virginia coach Bronco Mendenhall said today after reviewing Miami film. Defensively, they're they're playing really well, and every player you look at of their starting eleven is capable, fast, athletic, uh, and just um, really uh, plays at a high quality and has the ability to play at a high quality. And so, when you put that collective together, and they're coordinated well, and they play start playing with confidence, I think that's um, probably the is where their program starts. Um, it's difficult to score points on them, and they take the ball away, uh, and have a nice culture that way. And offensively, man, they manage the game really well. They have playmakers. They're athletic at the offensive line. The quarterback does a nice job with decisions. So really good players, a head coach that's managing the games really well um, and knows what it takes to win um, without maybe pursuing uh, sometimes what's considered style points. You know, he, he, he manages the game to win. And to his players, and lucky for his players that he's there because he's, he's making a lot of really good decisions for his team to beat whoever they have to beat on that Saturday um, to put 14 straight together, which is it's really hard to do. Mark runs their offense, and he's coordinated it very well. They they know exactly what the uh, defense will give them. They they take that, and then they pick and choose the spots to, spots to create big plays. Um, seems like there's two or three or sometimes four per game where they'll be fairly methodical and and have the potential to go the distance on any play with the type of players they have. But there's um, three or four or five big plays a game. Um, 
And then when you get toward the red area, the quarterback is really effective with his legs and scramble. Um, and all that is kind of a big picture designed by, by their head coach, who's he's using their personnel within the scheme versus the opponent on a weekly basis just right. And uh, it's leading to success. So if you're looking for an explanation of how all of this is happening before our very eyes this season, I think that pretty much in a little over a minute sums it up perfectly. And you kind of see how well the opposing coaches get to know the team that they're getting ready to play that next week. Cause I thought uh, Bronco Mendenhall was right on in his assessment of why Miami's winning this season and the role that Mark Richt and his entire coaching staff as an extension are playing in making that happen. I think the coaching has been absolutely off the charts this season, as good as we've ever seen here in this program. So I had the opportunity to ask Rick about this this afternoon, and here's what he said. Hey Mark, talk a little bit about your approach on offense this year. I mean, you, you've won games with bubble screens. Uh, I guess in Syracuse, you went to the backfield. Um, right. You looked at the Wildcats the other night. Yeah. And, you know, you're just doing a lot of different things, I assume, based on what the defense is doing. Part of it is that. Um, you know, when Mark got hurt, we knew the running game might need to be supplemented by doing some other things, um, whether it's the Wildcat or whether it's more QB draw or whether it's more spread sets and, and try to throw the ball, throw and catch the ball well. Um, you know, a lot of it is just what we thought. We were trying to get our personnel that we have and maximize it. And even early on when we're – uh, using DJ Dallas, if you're an empty set, he doesn't have anybody to block. You know, he's, we're not asking him to block anybody. And a lot of the protections we've used early on with him were, were just free release, where he has no responsibility to block anybody. And uh, so that was part of it too. But you know, he's he's grown as a back. Um, and he's able to do more of the traditional things that we've done. And you know, this past game, you know, fortunately we we're able to run the ball well uh, when we needed to. You're up 27 nothing at the half and. You want to you want to chew clock. You want to give them less opportunities to score. And um, I think it was our last 24 calls. The last 24 plays I called were all running plays. A couple of them had the bubble pass tied into it, so we threw one or two of those. But we actually called a running play 24 times in a row. That might be a record for me. But um, you just try to do what you got to do to win the game. So there you go. The table is set for what should be just a phenomenal next two hours and 50 minutes on Kane Sport Live. The board is packed with callers. I know everybody's excited. I'm going to get right to your calls. We've got plenty of great questions submitted on the message boards at canesport.com to get to as we go through the show. So let's get right at it, and let's start tonight in the 757, where you're live on Kane Sport Live. Let me get it. Am I number one? You got to be kidding me. Joke, I'm number one. The number. Hey man, look, I'm gonna make this show real quick and fast. Look, I have never in a minute day. I love my boys, Rand and all them, Shannon, all the, them boys played like maniacs. So let's give a shout out to all the former guys that was on the sideline. The Ed Reed, the Benson. Um, I know your boy um, Rock made a video and. Your boy, Ray Lewis, did his thing. We're going to give a shout-out to all of them. They know the game. And they said your boy was there. They were there most of the week. Now, I'm excited. I love it. 
Everybody loves it. I met a guy today in Virginia Beach. He flew to the game. He's from Miami, but he said he flies out there. He went to the Notre Dame, went to the Tech game. I got his number. If you're listening, Rick, hope to get up with your buddy this weekend. I ain't never seen nothing. It's awesome, baby. I'm 49. It's time. People say, y'all back. I said, no, we good. We real good. They showed it. They laid the law down on Notre Dame. Notre Dame looked like some high school team. Gary was unbelievable. And the fans, can't talk about them no more. I ain't see an empty seat nowhere at halftime. I couldn't believe it. Amazing. The Dolphins, pack their, they can pack their ass up the league. That's my other team. They hurting. They need help. They got to go. But as for the U, baby, bring it. Don't need no letdown. You know, Virginia always give us some battles. I hope they go in there with the same mentality and whip them up. Don't want it to be a game that's close to the fourth quarter. I know we waiting for the Rangers tonight at nine. But everybody just be happy that we are where we are because the chain, the U, and all of us, we back, baby, to a degree. But we won't be all the way back till we get that ring. They want that ring. That's what your boy said in his interview. Uh, Quarterman said, hey, we won't be back till we get what we want. That's that ring. Let's do it. Forget the Alabamas of the world. We playing great ball, man. And like I said, yeah, you, you said about four weeks ago, well, give Mark Rick a chance. Okay, he done turned it up like you boy. He done turned it up like hot grits on a stove. He done <laughs> put out every punching bag you can pull. And man, this is just great. So hey, Kenny Kane is out the way. Shout out to all my fans in Loveland. CIAS. Ain't nobody messing with that. We out of here. See you next time, baby. One love. I'm out. All right, Kane Kane. Thanks for getting it started. Uh, that was a good uh, good opening call. All right, let's go now to the eight five zero. You're live on Kane Sport Live. How's it going, Gary? It's going great. Who's this? Omar. What's going on, Omar? Oh man, oh man, Kane Kane. He went in fast, man. I thought I got it he... this week, but I, I I could take number two. I could take number <laughs> two. I think that's what we're gonna take today. Tonight, number two, I believe it. But um, man, that game was amazing, man. Amazing, man. It was. It was. No one could predict that was gonna happen. I mean, no one. And them boys show up and show out like that was a homecoming for real. That was a good game. That was a good win, man. And you know what? I I gotta give my hats off to Mark Rich because everybody, everybody has been talking about, man, what's going on? Why? And this it's the thing about it. All the plays that I wanted to see, I called like two two weeks ago. Called in, and I said, man, I was like, man, why he running no jet sweeps? Well, um, um, the Wildcat, like you didn't call different. the Wildcat. Come and, on, Omar. No, 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 no. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't say about the Wildcat, but I said uh, about um, oh boy, um, the running back. I said about get like why, why haven't they tried him in goal line? But like I, but I did think about the Wildcat, but I just thought it was too far fetched. I was like, man, they ain't doing that like that. They ain't gonna go that far. But man, he pulled out the Wildcat, man. That's what we. Should I think, I think they've been working on that in practice for about a month. <laughs> they've, they've been working yeah, on it for about a month. I, I, I knew it was going to come out at some point. I just didn't know when. Yeah, oh, man, that was that was he pulled it out at the right time. Cause you know what, and that's the thing. You got I really see Rich different now, man. He's a poker player, man. He ate, he like and what what the dude said and um the other coach was saying in, in his um in his statement or whatever. It's it's like it's true. 
He don't. He's not gonna show all his cards and, and you know show everything until it's time to be shown, and he's gonna show make little wrinkles and adjustments. But and that's what he he really been doing. And that's like man, we got to give us a tilt my hat off. You know, we was wondering about his play calling, and you know these past week is he rusty? Do he still got it? But Man, he showed he got it, man. And and Diaz, man, he did a great job, man. Great job. There was man. never he, anything wrong with his play calling. There really, there was not. I mean, I I think people think that he's, you know, playing with the. Um, it was it was more. It, you know what? I felt it was. It felt conservative to some extent, and I think it was conservative because he didn't want to show certain things because he didn't need to show that just to beat certain teams. So well, I, and I think I, also, you know, he's trying not to do too much with 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 Malik Rozier. Like he's yeah. getting a really good performance out of Malik. I think he he was careful in the first part of the season about asking him to do too much, and probably yeah. rightfully so. And you know, yeah. I, same thing with, with the offensive line. The offensive line came into the season with a lot of question marks, and you know, he needed to find what where they could excel with their skill set yeah. and not ask them to do things that they can't do. And it's all come together. Yeah, man, Malik tore it up too, man. That man got hard. I'm going to tell you straight up, I I wish I wish he had been starting a couple of years ago, like being honest, like seeing what he got, that's what I want out of a quarterback. You want grit. You want, you want, you know, that, 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 I don't know what's the word to say, but, I didn't see it out of Kaya. Like it's like when that that moment when you get punched in the face and you realize like man, okay, it's it's fight or flight and like I gotta tighten up, I gotta do more. And he seemed like he got that that switch. And he's showing he's I, showing I, a grit. I think grit was the right word to use that nobody knew he yeah. had. I mean, yeah. it's no joke. I mean, Mark Rick was telling this kid a year ago, "You will never play for me." I mean, that's how yeah. that's where he's come from. And he's and, playing as well and the, as, as about anybody. He's playing lights out. We never would have thought he would have had this much potential and much, like, you know, just overall just ability to to really make plays and and make it in a way that we didn't think was possible. But he definitely doing his thing. He 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 he, he get my he get he, he I don't even you know it's the weird thing. What what about next year for him? That's the thing. We got so many people coming in. It's gonna be a problem next year. I just if, I know that. If, it's sad, if guys but... stay within themselves and and don't leave the program early unless they're first round draft picks, this team mm. will be preseason probably top three next year. I don't know if they'll be one, two, or three, but they're gonna be up there. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, Nor- Norton and McIntosh got to make sure that if they leave, that they're getting drafted high. That's what that that's yeah. you, know, you know, and not and yeah. not do what the guys this year did and have, you know, preconceived decisions yeah. Yeah, made they that they had no that. business making. Yeah. yeah, and that's what all the guys when you think about it though, it's only certain few that stayed to senior be a senior, but a lot of them guys kept doing that and kept like going when it wasn't their time. It's a couple of them that waited till their senior year. And the ones that did wait till the senior year, they're the ones that Last a little bit longer in the league right now, but yeah, man, I ain't gonna hold you up. It's, it was a great win, man. I'm so I got on my 
I got on my uh my uh, my Miami hoodie. I'm wearing it every day at work, man. I got them looking at me like crazy. All these Florida <laughs> State fans don't even know what to say right now. It's so it's like it's nothing to say, man. You can't can't do nothing but bow down now, you know. But well, it's, it, the season they're having is ba- is bad enough, and the fact that Miami's yeah. doing what it's doing just makes it worse. Yeah, yeah, it's like man, it's it's just confirmation that man, it is, it's really what it what you thought it was, you know. And they when they see that confirmation, that's all I've been hearing. Oh, we gonna first it was Virginia, now then it was Notre Dame. Well, Notre Dame gonna get y'all. Watch this, you know that's what they've been saying. And now that we played them, how we played them and blew them out like it wasn't no questions. It's like, man, they don't, I guess they back. You know, that's how they, you know, that's how they feel around here now. Like, they don't even want to say it, but they know what it is. But I think my boys just need to stay focused, though, because now everybody, you know, they're giving them that attention. So I think it's just we got to grind out and still, you know, like you said, find something to play for. Uh, you got to, you want that rain, it's it, it going to take, you know, it's going to take you to keep that chip on your shoulder. But, yeah, yep, man, okay. I ain't going to hold you up. All right, man. Omar. I'm going to go ahead and listen, man. All right, man. You got it, man. Thanks for being part of the show. All right, uh, 563-999-3633, 563-999-3633. Uh, you hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Let's go out now to the 404. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Gary. <coughs> yes, yes, sir. Excuse me, I'm a little bit. I'm a little under the weather. This your boy, Uki08. Hey, what's up, Uki? Oh, man, man I got. Much, I, what's much. up? What's going on? You, you, where do you you live in um, Atlanta? I live in West Palm. I'm from Atlanta, but I live in West oh, okay. Palm currently. Yeah, because yeah, I, 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 uh, I know a few people in Atlanta that are pretty sick right now. I was wondering if something's going around up there. But anyway, so what's up, man? How you doing? Uh, nothing much, man. You know, uh, I like like Notre Dame. I gotta come. I gotta come to the Father, and I gotta confess my sins. You know, like I I I, I haven't been, totally believed in Father Rick, and you know, Saturday night I became a believer, man. I became a believer, you know, and 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 it feels it feels good to not crap the bed. In the biggest moment, when we have done it so many times over the past few years, and it just feels good to come through and and and, and just and just just shine. Where it goes from here, who knows? You know, I, I feel I feel great about. I, I'll tell you this: I feel great about anybody we play against now. It doesn't matter if it's Clemson. Alabama, I, I feel, I feel, I feel better about our team. I feel better about it. At least I feel like we'll be competitive, if anything. And it's it's just amazing. Like if Coach Rick don't get Coach of the Year this year, I just don't, I I don't know who else you give it to. Like seriously, like he's I getting don't pretty know close to a how, lock. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how they. To not give him that award. Yeah, and I just feel like a lot of these people don't really pay attention to Mommy Ball anyway. But if they really did, and they look at, I think like Herb Street said, like we only started, we only had one senior on defense Saturday night that started. One senior. 
Who does that? Who does that? Not even Saban is doing anything. Like, he could do anything like that. Like, who's doing anything like that with a oh, bunch of... He, he, here's what I think. I, I think that this is a dream season. I, I, I mean, everything is going right in in this season. I mean, let's be honest. You know, they've won the close games. They've gotten breaks when they needed to get breaks. You know, the like in the Georgia Tech game, for example. I mean, if that ball doesn't bounce off off that guy right into Langham's hands, you know, they don't win the game. And you know, yeah, that's yeah. that's how fleeting it is, even when you're the best of teams. I mean, Alabama could have lost to Mississippi State last week. They pulled it out in the fourth quarter. And the fact that the, all the breaks have gone Miami's way, They, other than, you know, really Mark Walton, they have not been beset by major injuries. They've stayed pretty healthy throughout the whole year. Their toughest games have been at home, which is huge. I, I mean mm-hmm. – you know, I, I don't know if you were in the stadium the last two weekends, but oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been, I've been, I've been to the um, stadium. I mean, man, like my, my okay. ears are still ringing. Like, do you know how good a team would have had to be to to leave that stadium with a victory and beat Miami it, with the exactly. in, with with the environment the way it was in that stadium? I mean, are you kidding me? Like. And, and and the way that the, the Miami team was just was feeding off the crowd, I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know if even Alabama is at a high enough level to have walked out of that stadium with and a victory. Gary, and Gary, for yeah. years and years, I preached, I preached, preached how much a crowd could have an effect on oh, games. That was a two-touchdown field, in my opinion. I, I, I don't know that I've ever seen a home field. I mean, no, I have. I've seen something comparable to that. It was at Syracuse, whatever the year was, that Donovan McDab was playing his last game, and Miami went up there yeah, and got yeah, smoked yeah. by like 50 points. That exactly. atmosphere at Syracuse that day was comparable to what, you know, we've seen the last two weekends. But, you know, you just don't see it very often. And, I, I mean, I'm, I said it on this show the last two weeks when people asked me what I thought about the game, and I just said very simply, like, they're going to have to be really damn good to 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 beat Miami in that stadium the way that stadium exactly. is and uh, exactly you know so my point is like everything has lined up perfectly I, I mean you couldn't script this whole thing out better than it's played out and it, it's a great thing because at the end of the day it's the it's the it, it doesn't matter how you get to where you're going it's just it, what's important is that you're getting there and you know Miami's getting to Charlotte which it's never done before we'll see what happens on December 2nd and hopefully if things go the right way, they got a great chance to be in the, in the playoffs and and we'll see what what happens then. And it it doesn't matter how it evolved that they got there. All that matters is that they got there. And this is such a great stepping stone for now the years to come, you know, next year's team should be even better than Mm -hmm. this year's team. And, and, And it gives them the momentum Uki, to just keep building on it and building on it. Re- recruits. I'm, I'm getting texts from recruiting people all over the country over the weekend. Like, my God, the whole nation's scared about what this is going to mean to Miami recruiting and how they're just going to be do- dominant in the South. And, um, you know, you saw the commitment start coming in over the weekend. And uh, that Leonard Manuel kid is all the way out in 2020. I mean, he's going to probably be an elite player in, 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 in that recruiting class. 
down, you know, mm-hmm. at that point. You picked up a, a really good fullback. It looks like you might get a quarterback that a week ago you weren't even recruiting. So, and, and, a pretty, and he looks like a pretty good one at that. So, uh, you're seeing it all come together. And now, the really, the, the pressure kind of shifts a little bit because in recruiting, you're going to have all these kids wanting to come. And recruiting is going to get easier than it's been. And that's really when it gets tougher because the coaches got to make sure they pick the right kids. And, you know, you, you're exactly. seeing the Florida States had top five recruiting classes every single year. And you're seeing what can happen when you pick the wrong kids. They pick too many of the wrong kids up there and they have a bad locker room. Mm. And when you have a bad locker room, exactly. your seasons can fall apart. So, you know, uh, and, and, you know it, it seems like everything's great, Uki, and it, and it is. But there's always mm-hmm. something, something there to challenge you know, to keep it going. And, and we've seen at Miami this cycle come and go so many times. So, you know, I think with Mark Richt at the helm and his experience, they have a chance to run this program the next few years in a way that will allow this success to sustain itself. Exactly. And, I, and, and really, man, we need, you know, one thing I'll say this, you know, like the hometown recruits, man, they need to just like come together, build your house, man, before you go build somebody else's. You see we got a staff in place. You see you see what Mark Rick is trying to put together. It's all here. The stage is here. And as you saw Saturday night, when the stage is lit, the stage is no bigger than what it is when it is in Miami. If you you, you, you know, you, you all want to be seen. You want to be heard. When it's when it's going down and Dave, it goes down and Dave. And I'm, yo, every and it's like I just hope. This is what I hope though, because you know over the years we hear like and like you said, the recruiters gonna get crazy. You know, the, the coaches get mad because they will take this player. Let's let let's let Miami coaches do the recruiting. And pick the players they want to pick, like y'all. Let Saban come in and get who they want to get, or or Jimbo come and get whoever they want to get without complaining. Let Rick do the recruiting, and y'all let the process happen, man. Like, cause we got something special here in our own backyard. And if anybody should be getting passes in Miami recruiting backyard, it should be the home team. Period. Period. And I want to give a shout out to my boy Big Slaughter, man. He been we 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 talk all, just about every day, and you know we always go back and forth about about Rick and play calling and all this stuff. And if he's really real and stuff like that, and he's been trying to talk me down off the ledge for the past past for the past year, really. And you know I got to give a shout out to him because you know he 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 called it, he called it all year long. He called it everything that he said was going to happen happened, but. I got to say this, man, like, you know, we got something special here, man. We really do. And it just feels good to just be relevant for, you know what I'm saying, regardless if we make it to a national championship or whatever. You know what I'm saying? It just feels good to be relevant because we needed needed this season. We needed our actual breakout season so people could see that Miami's real. Miami's getting better. The coaching's getting better. Everything is is here now. Nobody can nobody can say anything about Miami now. Nobody can rag on the coaches, rag on the the, the fans, the, the whatever. There's, you can't not Miami. 
you can't not Miami now. So either you're going to be paying recruits or you're going to be losing recruits because Miami's about to be – Miami's about to take over. Simple as that. Miami's about to take over. You already see Jimbo trying to run to Texas because he already sees what's about to happen. He already sees what's about to happen. I'm telling you. And that happens if Jimbo leaves, Florida winds up, doesn't wind up with the coach that they want. The state is for the taking. The state is going to be for the taking, period. And, you know, I just want like I said, man, I'm just I'm just happy. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's good to be back. It's just good to be relevant again. I, I'm feeling it. I'm loving it. I'm loving it. Gary, who All right, okay. thanks for taking my call. You got it, man. Thank you, for, as always, for being part of the show. All right, this next segment of Kane Sport Live is going to be brought to you by thestartup.com. Uh, you've heard me talk about them all year. They're the world's first virtual incubator created by Kane's fans, where only Kane's fans are allowed to work to help Kane's fans and their friends and family try to get a break in the competitive business world. And the folks at thestartup.com have created a workplace without walls and an internet-based platform called The Ecosystem, where any current or aspiring entrepreneur can go and test their ideas, build their business plans, communicate and strategize with team members, and even forecast and manage their cash flows. Pretty much everything you need to be successful in business. And the ecosystem was created to be a command center for entrepreneurs, housing a robust suite of digital tools for startups and business owners. So visit thestartup.com today for a free trial. It's one site at one price to rule them all. Thestartup.com, where they're euphoric over the Canes because everybody that works there is a Hurricane fan and uh, a lot of smiles on their faces when they came back to work on Monday morning. So visit thestartup.com and see what they have to offer you if you're running a small business or you're an entrepreneur thinking of starting up a, a, a new venture. Uh, they'll do everything that they can do to help you be successful. Speaking of happy Canes fans, so I, I just got a text from one here a few minutes ago telling me that he woke up on Sunday morning and he sat down on the toilet to do his business and he pulls out his phone and comes on canesport.com and sees all the happiness on the message board and he broke into tears just started bawling like a little baby right there on his toilet seat. And uh, figured I'd share that. It's kind of a special story. All right, let's go back to your calls. 563-999-3633. 563-999-3633 is the number. Hit one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Looks like we're getting ready to go out now to a familiar face who somehow is repeatedly getting to the number one spot in the queue on Kane Sport Live. Here he is in the poll tonight, Greg. Welcome back to Kane Sport Live. How you doing, Steve? How you doing, Gary? What a game. I can't hear that well. Hello? Yeah, we're here. I'm saying, how are these guys getting ahead of you? I, I I got a bad line. I can't hear you that well. Yeah, call back in. We'll find you. We'll bring you back up. Okay. Let's go now to the go to the six one five where you are now live. Case for live. How are you doing this evening? Well, 
Mr. Furman. My name is Lindsay. I am a White House secretary calling on behalf of President Donald J. Trump. And he regrets that he is not available to speak with you personally this evening, but he has written down a few questions that he would like for me to ask you, and I will be recording your responses. And the first question is, have there been any discussions as to whether or not Coach Richt will keep the team in Charlotte the week leading up to the ACC championship game for the purpose of weather acclimation? It is our understanding that the team has not performed very well in cold weather climates in the past. An example would be the Champ Sports Bowl in 2009. And President Trump recommends that we have the team practice at a local high school field in Charlotte leading up to the championship game. Well, I mean, the, the thing I'm going to say about that is it's not going to happen any, any more than his Obamacare has uh, come to fruition here in the first year of his presidency. And uh, tell him to stick to the things he does well and not try to meddle in Mark Rick's affairs, the coach Rick has, has got this thing under control. And uh, no, I don't think the team's going to stay in Charlotte. Okay, thank you. I will let him know. And uh, also, he has a scenario that he would like for you to consider. And um, I will record your thoughts on this. If Alabama wins out and Wisconsin loses to Ohio State, how can you leave a one-loss Miami team out of the playoffs when their only loss is to the playoff team Clemson and Ohio State would have two losses, which were blowouts. So the committee cannot put Ohio State in over a one-loss Miami team. What are your thoughts on this? I would tend to agree with that, but let's see if Miami ends up with one loss and let's see, you know, where things stack up. If that's the case on December the 3rd, I, I, you know, I still think there's a few weeks of football left. There's a lot of games amongst the top teams where they're going to be challenged and some of them are going to lose and uh, Alabama might lose to Auburn and, and then what, you know, so, you know, and then they got to go play Georgia in the SEC title game. You know, for all we know, Alabama might not even be there anymore by the time we get to December 3rd. So I, I think you got to let it play out. I think Miami's got to take care of business these next two weeks and make sure it gets to Charlotte at 11 and 0. I think Clemson's got to do its thing and you'll have a, 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 either a number one, number two, or number two, number three matchup in Charlotte. And if it's a tight competitive game and that's the case, then I think both teams from that game very well could end up in the playoff and probably should at that point. Okay, Mr. Furman, I appreciate your time this evening. And one last thing, President Trump would like to extend his appreciation to Coach Rick for making Miami great again. Thank you, and please keep me on. <laughs> All right, tell the president we said thank you for having you call in. That was awesome. All right, 563-999-3633. Who knows who's going to be calling in this evening? Um, let's go out to the 804. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Thanks, Gary. Savon Mesa, uh, the first time I called it last week. This is my second time calling. Hey, how I you doing? Um, yeah, that's a you got a but, tough act to follow. That was pretty funny. Yeah, but I'm on a certain else because what people um what people don't realize is going on with Miami right now. All right, we beat Notre Dame last we beat Notre Dame last week. We got the blowout. We the talk of the town. I mean, we had no. I you ain't even touch on this that we was the highest rated. I think with the game day show for this year. Miami was. Oh yeah, but I didn't see that. Is, is that the case? Yeah, I yeah. mean, um, I was watching. The, I was watching the uh, 
where did I get it from? Um, I think because I'm, I'm at work, I, I go on to, I think it was, it was either the O show or the, the Joe Rose show. But Miami, my, the Miami game day was the highest rated show for this year. For, for I, I wouldn't be surprised because anybody that turned on that show during the show and yeah, saw some of cam- oh my god, the camera shots and all the signs and everything that was going on there, uh, it was absolutely amazing. And uh, it, I can't imagine that anybody that turned it on turned it off. All right, and just to say, uh, we got two games. We still got Virginia. Now, Virginia had gave us problems. I don't think people remember. I think us beating Virginia last year. I think Virginia had a winning streak against at least three games, three, three to four games. They had a winning streak against us, and we we struggled against them, even though I think we got away from them at the end last year. But we got to get that. We got to get Pittsburgh. But the biggest thing with Clemson, it would bring us, what it would it say? It would bring everything for full circle from two years ago that started where we at now. Remember, Clemson came to us and blew us out, knocked our quarterback out. We didn't even belong on the field with them. Now, two years, less than a year, you can say two years because the game was, as you watched about a month, it had been two years that we played them. Now, from that to last year, which you remember, everybody got blew out was the Virginia Tech game. Miami is in every game, had a chance to win, but Virginia Tech was the only game we really got blew out. Now, we don't revenge all that. Now, less than two years later, we get to play Clemson again, which was really probably a home game to them, to see where we at. And then I think, what, the last four quarterbacks, nobody has threw for 200 yards on us. I think North Carolina got 200 yards with, the, with, that, with that trick play they got combined. But I know um, with uh, the Syracuse quarterback only threw for about 100 and something yards against us. I know which one he had 109 last week. And uh, Virginia Tech quarterback only threw for like one, what, 150, 160 against us. And um, so I can't, you know, I'm really waiting to see what we, what we do there. I've just, it's just crazy. I was, they were talking about a radio show, um, I think, today when I was listening to about, like, us getting blown out less than two years ago into where we at now or whatever. And I just thought that was crazy. And my other thing, too, is what's, like, I, we, we played a great game, but what's up with our passing game? Like, why is it so, like, it just seems like our receivers are, like, um, like, we just don't have, like, wide open receivers. Yeah, they're 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 not consistently getting open. I agree with you, and um, well, I I think it starts with the two freshmen, Harley and Thomas. You know, no, I understand, but he played a lot earlier in the year and he couldn't get open. And you know, yeah. I, I think that you know you're seeing that it, it takes time to develop to learn how to run routes, to be precise in your routes, read the defense and get to the right places so that the quarterback can deliver you the ball. You know, it's more than just being able to run fast and, and, you know, pop open some pretty good high school film. It's a, it's a different deal when you get to the college level. And so I think that's part of it. I think Amon Richards has been hurt all year and he's obviously, you know, struggling to get open. He really was struggling the other day. Um, to get open, and you so know he's been playing on one leg the whole year. Uh, yeah, so really, Barrios they, they is, is the only is the one that's really consistently getting open. Well, I think Wichelon was. Um, I think Thomas is on his way to a big game. I mean, he had he had stepped out of bounds, but then I know um, Roger, Roger had him with a beautiful out pad out pattern. I mean, it was like a timing pattern because like when he threw it, he wasn't even in his break yet, and he caught it. 
And then it was like we didn't like I don't why we don't like I don't understand why we don't get Thomas like one of them quick some quick screen pass or like some quick receiver passes and just no, um, which I, I think I think the run was working in the first half and, and yeah. Rozier was Rozier was hitting some big plays and also they had short fields a lot so they weren't you know the the yeah. drives weren't weren't real long drives I think that was a factor and then once you get to the second half you're killing the clock. They ran yeah, 24 yeah, straight running plays. Yeah, I understand this game. Like, we didn't need it. I mean, I'm quite sure. Like, Rick even said, I know when I watched the um, the post thing, when he talked to that, um, he talked about on the radio show, too, that he just killed it. That, you know, he said they had, to, especially after the pick, the pick six, he was, like, coming to the second half. I mean, we had we had a big lead. Like, there was no sense trying to, trying to be playing blow it and throw it over the field. We just ran it. And then they was getting big runs. And uh, but I'm just saying, I just like I know when I watch it, just seem like when we pass the ball, I'm just like, oh man, like you know, it's like wow, we don't like like you know, like couple of Notre Dame receivers was open, it was just bad passes. Like two of the picks, um, the first one that the safety got, like he was just threw the ball too high, and then the other one he just threw it over the guy head when um number twelve got the pick. But the guy was basically open if he would have been more accurate on the pass or whatever. I just like, man, why are receivers ain't never open like that? You know, I just don't never see, I mean I think you're playing you know, you're playing with, young some young guys that are still learning how to get open and your best receiver's been hurt all year and so it's been a little bit more of a struggle than you would like. I don't I'm not sure they run the most complicated of routes either. You know, it's it's a very basic it look it, it looks like a very basic pass offense to me most of the time. And then Every now and then, kind of like what Bronco Mendenhall said, there's some special plays mixed in where they they find a way to hit a big play with like a special route or something. But I think the base offense, the route trees are, are, are pretty simple. So, you know, the combination of all that, I think, is why they, they probably haven't been able to get as open as you would like. And that's why the offense was so inconsistent early in the year, you know, that, and plus the, the O-line was cons- inconsistent and Rozier was inconsistent and you, you put it all together and you're in close games with everybody you're playing. But the last two weeks, the team has taken their game to a, to a different level and you're seeing a progression, yeah. which is what, you, and it's what we should be seeing at this point of the year. Yeah. When you look at the way that they were set back by the hurricane, they went nine days without a practice. They went 21 days without a game. I think they lost some of their conditioning, especially the big guys, and they just kind of like had to re- hit a reset button and start over again. But now you're you're into November, and I think you're seeing them get better. And I don't know if they've peaked yet. You hope they haven't. You want them to peak on December the second, or even more so if they get through there at the end of December. You'd like to see that be their best game this year. But there's no question that they're getting better. But one more thing, and I think the best thing, like one thing he did, I know when Golden was the coach and probably even Shannon, Randy Shannon was the coach, like the Miami not getting no stupid penalties no more. I think that was amazing, like a game like that with the atmosphere and to have a true freshman at, on your offensive line that didn't, nobody got a holding call, nobody got a procedure call. Like the only only thing we got was a layer game when we had uh, the freshman guy doing the Wildcat. And I think, that was the, I think that's the biggest thing too, that we're not killing ourselves, we're not – Penalizing ourselves, I just think that's a great coach, and that's on on both sides of the ball. Miami's not getting stupid penalties, like um, roughing the passer, or you know, the penalty we used to get last year, or something like that. Like now, like all these kids are playing smart, and I think that's the biggest thing too. That is, um, that is like you know, 
really carrying us over. Like I said, I just I just hope we don't have a letdown. Do you think Do you think the state is going to be packed this weekend for Virginia? So they 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 were saying today that it is. Uh, I mean, they were saying oh, today there's great, only a thousand a thousand unsold tickets. I find that hard to believe. I think I think it's employee day. So they let the university employees mm-hmm. buy as many tickets as they want for like a dollar a piece or something, and that that's helped out a lot this week. But uh, you know, I don't oh. know if every seat will be filled, but it looks like they they could have fifty five thousand there, which wouldn't be bad. Yeah, this is last this is last home game. I mean, like I think they said like if Miami don't say we don't win the ACC championship, I think they said the worst bowl game Miami probably go to is the Orange Bowl. So yeah, that's the way it looks know, right now. They they would have to work hard to screw that up. Yeah, I just, you know, like I said, like, they've just been playing great. I just, I mean, I think going into the season, I mean, I look at the schedule, I'm like, we have a chance to go undefeated. But I was like, man, we're going to do something. Sudden, we're going to not come to play one game, which, you know, the toughest game they, they, they shot the most. I just hope, I just hope we just, keep, you know, keep going. Like, like I said, I just hope because it's no, like, like, it's nobody have a great team. Like, I mean, uh, Oklahoma, I mean, they don't play D and, and on the guy Mayfield is throwing two wide open guys. Um, Clemson quarterback, I watched him last week. He can't really pass the ball that good. So I think, like, I mean, for Clemson to beat us, that means they're going to have to do what they thought Notre Dame was going to do. They're going to have to run it down our throats, and I don't think nobody's doing that right now. Well, a lot to be excited about. Yeah. I'm a, All right, um, let me let some other people get on. Thank you, thank you so much for being part yeah. of the show. All right, thank you for taking my call. Have a wonderful day. You got it, man. Give us a call next week. All right, 563-999-3633, 563-999-3633. Hit the number one on your keypad. If you want to come on the show, we're going to go down to the three, to the 305 now. You are now live on King's Court Live. Hey, Gary. How are you how, this evening? Doing great. Who's this, Adam? Yeah. Hey, what's up, Adam? See, I recognize your voice. Yeah. Uh, that was first off. Um, that I think was the best I've seen the Canes play since 2002. Like within five minutes of the first quarter, that was the ball game. Yeah, like, it might have been. I honestly can't believe that people thought Notre Dame would beat us the way we played. Well, you, you have to like, you got you have to give people the benefit of doubt. I mean, they're judging the the Miami yeah. teams that were life or death to beat Florida State, that were life or death to beat Georgia yeah. Tech. You know that that's what they're, yeah, that, you know, they're, that's what they're looking that, at. No, I know, but it was just so apparent that, and may, I've heard this on the broadcast that, and you brought it up earlier that we now hit our mid-season stride, the, and that yeah. the hurricane really did set us back, and I think that was part of the reason why we played so poorly against Florida State and North Carolina. It, it's it's not that they played poorly. Like, I don't think they were ever really playing poorly. They just weren't not, sharp. Not poorly. No, they weren't clicking on all cylinders. And I think Notre right. Dame, we were starting to see that. Well, the end of Virginia Tech and then Notre Dame, we really start to see that. And um, you saw the um, – were you able to see the team at practice today? Um, yeah, I was out there briefly. I didn't, you know, we're okay. not, we don't, they don't let us watch the whole practice. The, the sense you're getting from this team, do you, do you think that they're like resting on their laurel, so to speak? No, I really going don't. Into I, Virginia. I, I think oh, they okay. realize they haven't accomplished anything yet they, and they haven't. I, I mean, you can, you know, you want to, you can wave that coastal division trophy around, I guess, if you, you know, it, it, there might've been a time where that, that would have been a big deal, but this team, 
I think is playing at a level yeah. right now that, that they could smell bigger things than that. And um, okay. no, I don't get I don't get any indications that they're resting on their laurels, and and I don't think we're going to get any any indications. And you know, okay. the, here's the one wild card, Adam, that I see yeah. that is kind of like a hidden element for this team that I think mm-hmm. is really significant, and that's the number of kids that are getting to play in games, and and they're they're rotating yeah. guys in and out with very little drop off ever. Like you, you never can tell the difference between who's in the game and who's not really when they're bringing in the second team defensive line or, or, you know, rotating yeah. cornerbacks or, or linebackers and stuff like that. And I really think that when the guys get on the field, they're hungry and they're fresh and this is not a tired <laughs> team. This, you know, you're, you're sitting here going into game 10, but this is not a tired yeah. team. And, and I think that that is a big deal. I really do, and and I think that the fact that they do rotate so much and guys maintain a, a hunger to get out there and do something big, I think is going to propel yeah. them past that p- p- potential of being complacent or getting ahead of themselves or or yeah. you know overreacting to victories and things like that. I really do. I I I think that that's like a hidden factor for this team. Okay. I mean, I'm really less concerned about this week because it's senior day, but I was more thinking when we have to go up to Pitt the day after Thanksgiving for that 12 o'clock kickoff because, and again, this is 2007. I remember when Pitt knocked off number two West Virginia, but that's Mm -hmm. what I'm thinking about. Um, Yeah, you got got to show um, up to play. I mean, that Pitt team's not going to go to a bowl game, and that's going to be their bowl game. No, I know. They're, nat- they're going to be on national TV. I mean, yeah. their coaches are going to sell that game to them. This is our bowl game. Yeah, I, I know. And I, I saw the pick game last week when they were playing North Carolina, and their defense is, is was at least god-awful, but they do have this young freshman running back that scored four touchdowns. So he was pretty much their entire offense. Um. Uh, another um, quick basketball question. Um, should we read into anything that uh, Lonnie Walker isn't starting? No, he was hurt for more... a long time. And, um, oh, and I think they're, I think they're just easing him back. They're easing him back at, a, at, a, at their own pace. They're trying probably to make him earn it. I mean, he'll be starting soon enough. Okay, so so it's not like Coach L is going to use him as like a sixth man this year. No, no, no. You're talking about a, a, an absolutely elite basketball player. I, I you yeah. know, this kid's elite. He is elite, elite. He doesn't. He doesn't need to be elite right now when they're playing Navy and FAMU. Yeah. Um. So he's letting them work his way in. Uh. Not. You know. Remember, he's still coming off an injury. They're not. They're not trying to overpush him yet. Uh. Let him work his way back into shape and when mm-hmm. it comes time you know here in a few, probably in a, I would think in a few weeks when they uh start playing a few tougher games uh, I think you'll see Lonnie Walker out there quite a bit and will certainly be starting I think by the time they get to ACC play okay and um a couple more uh questions um on the recruiting front um I noticed that there was a recent decommit from of all places Florida State um, have you heard uh, this guy Izzard, a uh, wide receiver? The receiver, have you heard yeah. If there's any, I is there, is there any interest on Miami's part? To have, I don't like, think so. I, I think they're happy with what they're getting at receiver. I don't, I don't, I don't think they're. I think they're focusing more on linemen now. 
Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I saw that there's this Jalen Goss guy. Um, mm-hmm. Do you think um, he is a real possibility to be that fourth lineman? Yeah, I mean, I'm not First. overly optimistic okay. right now about that one, but but yes, okay. he's being recruited very hard. Um, and um, a couple more questions. Um, it looked, it sounds like Williams had a great time on his recruiting visit, and. Mm-hmm. Um, would, would you say we're the front runner now that he's decommitted from Kentucky? I know he still has to visit Auburn and Ohio State. Yeah, I think so. I, I think I think definitely the front runner right now. He's going to a few pretty good places to visit, and and I'm sure he'll have good visits there. But uh, I, I think there's a very good shot. Yeah, I, I mean, I think I think you got to respect Ohio, Ohio State. State. I think Ohio State in particular, you know, could be a threat. Well, I think don't they already have a quarterback commit this kid Emory Jones? Yeah, they do. And they're But Miami okay. has Nicosi Perry, what's the difference? Yeah, that's true. That would be if he comes, that's gonna be one hell of a quarterback battle yeah. in two years. Perry versus Williams. Um, and last question. Um I saw a rivals article. Um, is it more Campbell just doesn't give anything away in terms of his recruiting? He's not giving away much. I mean, I I know you know I, I get the impression that Miami's right there, and there's a decent chance he'll pick Miami. But he's you know the all indications are he's going to take it right down to the end. I don't see any signs of commitment coming right now. Okay, and uh, two more questions, both on defense. What about this um, Florida State commit Higgins? Is it um, the guy Huggins, from Daytona yeah. Beach? Uh-huh. Is is he a flip possibility? Yeah, he, he's alive. Okay, and then um and this kid Sherwood from what is it Ormond Beach and he's also another flip possibility for us to play linebacker because I've also heard that he's been down at a couple games. Um, like Jermaine Sherwood is it? Yeah, I don't I, I'm not sure that that one is you know real hot. No, okay. I think if I think if they if they take if they take another linebacker that it it, it would figure to be um, Patrick Joyner or John Huggins. Oh, okay, and then and also I mean it's still um, is, and there's no word on certain if he's entertaining us or if we're. I heard his dad. Apparently, wants, he was high. Dad wants Go him ahead. to come. I heard his dad wants him to come to Miami. But I would say that one's probably a long shot. Okay. But, again, if he wanted to come to Miami, we would yes. take him. They would definitely take him, yes. And um, last one on cornerback. I saw somewhere that Asante Samuel was at the game last week. Is there any chance with all no. of the upheaval now that I don't think so. no chance that we could flip I him? I don't think so. Okay. Well, Thanks for taking my call, Gary, and hopefully we'll be number two in the poll or number two in the CFB or three when the polls come out at nine. You got it, Adam. Thanks Thanks for being part okay. of the show. All right, let me uh, – I'm going on a search here for, for Greg because he, he was on earlier and, and got terminated by his bad connection. So I'm, uh, I'm, I'm going to do a quick search. I think I found him right now. So let's, let's bring him on. Greg, you there? There, there we go. Hello? Greg, you there? There you are. Yeah, I'm here. 
I'm here. All right. Hopefully your connection's better. So what you got for us this week? All right. That was, that was the, like the guy said before, the best game they played in 15 years. That was amazing. The crowd was unreal. I'd like to give a shout-out to the whole coaching staff. Unbelievable job. we got to give a shout-out to these seniors who had to endure two years of Al Golden and to get to where they are now, and especially Chris Herndon, who was just uh, he's a semifinalist for the John Mackey Award, which is a prestigious honor. And uh, we, we avenged all our losses. And isn't it ironic to get to the playoffs, we're going to have to beat Clemson. I remember sitting in the stands for that 58 nothing debacle two years ago. It's unbelievable how far this program has come. And yep. uh, I just it's wanted to say, in the right I, direction. Yep, I wanted to say that we've talked. I remember I brought up two years ago that we needed a mobile quarterback to compete. And you look at all the good teams in college football. Every one of them has a quarterback that can move around. Kaya, God bless him, but we would never be in this position with him playing right now. That's my opinion. I don't know if that's I fair. Know if I don't think we. I don't think we know that, Greg. I mean, uh, you can. I mean, you can. You can, it, It's an opinion, and it's fine. But I, I just. I don't see how anybody could say that with. I mean, you have no idea. I, I mean, I agree. It would be a totally different offense. You could say that definitively. But you don't know how successful it would be or not be with with a fourth year starting quarterback who's got all that experience and like you know. I think Mark well, Rick would have gone with him. I think if he came back, he would have gone with Kaya. Well, he, he wasn't. I'll say, I'll, say, I'll say that. He wasn't desperate but, to keep but he him. Didn't have so. that, he, he didn't have that choice, Greg, so he had to make it work with Rozier. And it, it led to a whole different style of offense and a whole different type of scheming. And, and to me, that's what's so amazing about what Mark Rick's doing this year. I mean, it's just it's 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 an out of this world coaching job. I mean, he has totally refined a, a scheme around what he has to work with, and he's adjusted every step of the way. And you heard him. I, I don't know if you heard earlier in the show when I played the soundbite from him from from today when he and when I asked him about the offense, and uh, he talked about how he adjusted everything after Mark Walton got hurt. And that he had to make some changes, and uh, you know they, they they know they can't run Travis Homer 25 times a game, and you know as great as he's doing, and and they had him they had to do some things differently and find some other ways to to move the ball and, and get the running game involved, and that went to Rozier, and um, it's just been a great job. All right, my last point before I want to talk about recruiting. I guess we can put to bed our worries about Jaquan Johnson being an everyday, every down safety. Guy's phenomenal. He's player. been phenomenal all year. I think he's leading the team in tackles. Yeah, well, he doesn't miss many tackles, which is big. He's been phenomenal. Okay. All right, let, let's talk a little recruiting. Um, the best recruiting tool, Mark Rick, all he has to do is put up a picture 
after that pick six by Trajan Bandy showed that Garvin and Amari Carter were right there in the end zone with him. Three true freshmen on the defense at one time, plus DJ Dallas and uh, Thomas Fiegels. If you're good enough to play, you're going to play right away. So that's huge for recruiting. And uh, I want to tell you, I went to the American Heritage game Friday night. Did you really? Nesta Silvera is an absolute beast. He's going to play immediately next year. He was making plays all over the field. Unbelievable. And Chatfield also was very good. And Sertain is just a man amongst boys. Tyson Who looked Campbell better to you, Sertain or Tyson Campbell? Tyson Campbell didn't play. He was hurt. Oh, okay. In play the other night, but Sertain is a—he looks like an NFL player. He's like six-two. It's unbelievable. I hope we can get at least three of those four kids. Okay, my last point: Have you heard anything about any big news that's going to be coming out as far as uh, a, a player coming in to the program? What, a transfer? Yeah. No, I have not. Okay, I'm not at liberty to say who it is, but I think we're going to be hearing something very soon about a big-time player coming in. All right. Uh, I can't wait for the second uh, to come into my neck of the woods, Charlotte, and I can't wait for that game. All right, thanks for having me on. All right, Greg, thank you for being part of the show. Big time transfer come in, and huh? Greg might have a scoop. I don't like the "I know something and I'm not telling you" thing, though, man. If you like, if you know it, tell us. If you can't tell us, don't say you know. <laughs> That's my little bone to pick with uh, with with Greg at this moment. But uh, hey, it'll be exciting if it's really big, like he says. Let's go out to the three one eight. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Well, you know, Gary, first of all, I wanted to just wish you to have a happy night, to having a good night. I'm enjoying the program. You know, it's for the Port City Kane. You know, the illegitimate child that you It's <laughs> from Shreveport. <laughs> I don't think You're we right. have to worry about You're coming right. to Shreveport this year. <laughs> I, I, now, you know what? Why do you have to throw shade at us? You know, all we, <laughs> I think we you're gonna. Look, I think you're gonna come visit us town. in New Orleans or Pasadena. Is what I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right, but I have to say it again. It's all gravy, and we just a biscuit, baby. But I'm gonna tell you. <laughs> you know, I'm gonna tell you just like this. It's clear to me that the ESPN announcers do not understand the culture of Miami. Is that they really Miami is at its best. When our players have an edge, the old school fans remember the meet, the us versus the world mentality. And every time that you doubt us, that's when we're going to show our, show up our best. We're going to put our finest show on, and that's exactly what happened. And you know what? It gave me great pleasure to see Paul Feinbaum have to wear the turnover chain. He had to put the turnover chain on, and they, he was embarrassed. But he had to put over the put over the turnover chain. He had to fake like he had some rhythm too, because he had no rhythm at all. But 
I enjoyed the game uh, just like anybody else said. This was one of our the most dominant performances. It calls back to the time when Bernard Clark had that big game against Notre Dame a long time ago. And the defense was just absolutely dominant. It, we was dominant from start to finish. And without a doubt, we are relevant again. And I think that it seemed like it doesn't matter who you get on ESPN, whether it's Paul Feinbaum or whether it's Cowherd. It's like it's bad news that Miami is back on top. It's the worst news that they could ever hear. And they, they're still – this guy, Cowherd, was even uh, wishing that uh, that Pittsburgh could pull the upset. But, you know, they're not going to pull the upset. I think we're very focused. We're very determined. Uh, just like you said, this 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 uh, this team is still humble, but they're very hungry. And the one thing about it is, is that I think that we won't come full circle totally unless we go up there and beat Clemson. And I think that we can beat Clemson. I looked at their quarterback. He does not look like he's very adept at throwing the ball. And no one-dimensional team, if we're healthy when we go in there and we're focused and we get ahead of them and make them be an uphill team rather than a downhill team, we'll be able to go in there and do it. And just like I say, it's wide open. You know, it's none of those teams that are invincible. They all have an Achilles heel. And when we get in there, you know, once you make that playoff, if you can, if you can get your chance, you have to seize the moment. Because it's nothing, no matter how good your team is, it's nothing to say that you're going to go back this year. You're the one who said it early in the show. It's a dream season. Everything has came together the way that it needs to come together. So we need to try to make the best, make the most that we can, and to go out there and get a ring. Uh, I was uh, listening to you say things about recruiting, and the biggest thing, just looking forward, uh, you were saying about uh, R.J. McIntosh and Norton, and them not leaving unless they're number one picks. But I think moving forward next year, our biggest concern is going to be the line of scrimmage and our kicking game, you know, because we're going to have to get some people on the line of scrimmage. And let me ask you this question. Do you think that just moving forward that uh, that uh, that Navon Donaldson will be probably kicked from the right side to maybe playing left guard next year to try to stabilize whatever starter that we have uh, coming in the next year. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure how that's going to shake out. Uh, you know, I haven't really had the conversation with Stacy Searles. I mean, I'm sure that they're developing a plan. Maybe, maybe they're developing a plan. I mean, that's going to be something that they're going to have to play with during spring practice. I, I, th- I think. And um, I mean, I don't know why. Why you? Why would? Why would you flip him? I mean, he's playing so well where he's at. Um, well, Gary, the reason you know, why, you, unless you're why unless you're this. you're trying to make the theory that you want to be stronger on the left side, but no, what what I'm saying is, if you already have uh, your right tackle in place, and what I was thinking is, if you flipped him over to that right side, maybe some of the time it was stabilized. But the next question leads into there. Out of all the freshmen who have redshirted, who we brought in in this class. Who uh, looks to you more like the guy? And I know you don't get a chance to see him much. They probably don't get many reps. But who's a guy that maybe has caught your eye as somebody who uh, is really going to take that next step forward? On the O-line? Yes. Well, I I think that Corey Gaynor is going to probably start at one of the guard spots next year. 
Um, mm-hmm. You got, you know, you got one more year of there at, at center. Uh, mm-hmm. St. Louis will be back to play right tackle. Let's assume they leave Donaldson at right, right guard. Um, I think Corey Gaynor would probably be the left guard. Um, mm-hmm. And then we'll see who wins the tackle job on the left side. I mean, I don't know if they'll try to move St. Louis over there or not. I'm not really sure what the, what they're going to do at left tackle. I think it'll depend on, you know, how those other guys, um, Herbert and Hillary and all them, do in spring practice. They're going to have to experiment a little bit. Mm-hmm. They look pretty good. I was looking at them on the sideline, and they look like they're in uh, pretty good shape. You know, uh, it's just a matter of uh, getting them in that game. Uh, and just like uh, what they were saying on recruiting, you know, it'd be nice to get uh, – to get uh, Sertain and uh, Campbell, that would be uh, quite a good Christmas gift. But, you know, I know it's going to be an uphill battle. And and just from my perspective, I can't understand why, you know, Sertain would really want to go to LSU because they really have a very unstable uh, quarterback position. And it doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't matter how good you are. You know, as a player or as a cornerback, uh, uh, as a cornerback, then even with an unstable quarterback position, I still can't understand it. But I want to say this, and I'm getting out the phone. Jonathan Garvin is the epitome of what properly evaluating a recruit is. I mean, that guy looks the part. He looks I the totally part agree. Right and I'll tell you, I was jumping up and down and screaming last year when um, Rivals had him rated as a three-star, and I watched that kid. I said, that kid's not a three-star. And I jumped up and down, and I told them to look at him again, and uh, they didn't listen to me. They left him as a three-star, but uh, he doesn't look like a three-star to me now either. He does. He does. You know, Gary, and I'm going to say this. Most freshmen would go for a sack. It's very few freshmen that generate a sack fumble. It's very few through freshmen that can do that because they're not going to have the – they're not going to risk missing missing the sack. But to go for a sack fumble and to have that, I mean, the, just like I say, you know, I mean, we – our biggest question going into – going in is if we bring – if R.J. McIntosh and Kendrick Norton come back and we happen to get to the playoffs – I feel like we're the number one ranked team in there because I think that our defense can carry the day for us. But man, Jonathan Garvin, and that's what I that, and what you was talking about recruiting. You have to properly evaluate guys. Not look at rankings. Not look at reputation, but look at actually who this guy is. And when you do that kind of job of evaluating a guy like Jonathan Garvin. You're headed in the right direction. Hey, Gary, I'm going to let you go. Man, I want you and yours to have a blessed night, and we're just excited about the trajectory of this program. The sky's the limit, and, uh, you know, I, w- I hope that we get our revenge against Clemson. All right, Portsea, thank you for being part of the show. All right, 563-999-3633. 563-999-3633 is the number. Hit the number one on your keypad. If you want to come on the show and uh, let me take a moment now, talk to you guys about Harry's razors and uh, a lot of big moments coming up for the hurricanes, no matter how you slice it and dice it. You got the ACC championship game in Charlotte for sure. 
you're going to have a big time bowl game, the sugar bowl, the Rose bowl or, or the orange bowl. I mean, this season is, is, is going to go out in style. And, and I think it's going to be important for all the hurricane fans out there, no matter where Miami goes, you're going to want to look good. And that means you're going to want to have a great shave. And uh, I've been telling you about Harry's. I've been using their products for a couple of years now, ever since I was introduced to them by Jeff and Andy, those two ordinary guys who were fed up with buying overpriced razors, fed up with standing in lines at drugstores, waiting for people to unlock cases because the razors are so expensive that people are stealing them left and right. Well, they bought their own German factory with over 100 years of blade-making experience to ensure that when they started Harry's that they would have the highest quality products that they now back by 100% quality guarantee and um now it's time for you to check out harry's if you haven't already and they're so confident that you're going to love their blades that they will give you their trial shave set for free when you go to harrys.com forward slash cane sport and you sign up they'll send it to you for free all you gotta do is pay for three dollars for shipping and it's uh as good a deal as it gets and uh they actually I'm not quite sure why, but I, I, they sent me one of those shave sets in, in the mail this week. And like, I, I've already got their, all their stuff. And um, it's really a, a nice little kit. And it, it comes with a razor, uh, some shave cream, and uh, gives you everything that you need to get started and, and, and try out Harry's and see what they're all about. And uh, find out why over 3 million guys have switched to Harry's razors and are getting a great shave at a fair price. So claim your free trial offer from Harry's today, a $13 value for free. When you sign up, you just cover shipping. The razor, you get five precision engineered blades with a lubricating strip and a trimmer blade. You get rich lathering shave gel, and you'll even get a travel blade cover so that when you go to the Rose Bowl or the Sugar Bowl, or if you're coming from out of town, and or if it ends up being the Orange Bowl, that you could cover up your blade and keep it in good shape for your next shave. So go to harrys.com forward slash cane sport right now. That's harrys.com forward slash cane sport to get your free trial with Harry's razors. And I think uh, you'll be very happy you did because shaving is typically a pain in the butt going and buying the razors at the store is a pain in the butt and Harry's makes it all better and easier for you. So harrys.com forward slash cane sport. All right, let's get back to your calls, 563-999-3633, 563-999-3633. Hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. And let's go now to the 706, where you are now live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? Hey, what's up, Gary? How are you doing? This is your boy, Sebastian, man. How are you? What's going on, Sebastian? What do you think of that game? Hey, Gary. Man, Gary, I just got to say, man, you know, we've been on this long conversation. I said, man, if we beat Florida State, we're going to keep them boys from going up to Tallahassee. And all of the SEC and Alabama and all that stuff that have been living on that South Florida talent got a fight on their hands. They got a fight on their hands. I mean, if you're a kid from South Florida, I mean, you have you've got a chance to see that you can do it for your own city. Man, that's just gonna be amazing. That's gonna be amazing. So I got a couple things I want to talk about. One is Amon Richards. I mean, I know he's I know he's been playing injured all year, but he didn't play much in the second half. Is he okay with the out of practice today? I mean, 
I didn't see anything. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I I think he's okay. I mean, somebody tried to start a rumor that he threw a temper tantrum on the sideline and the coaches benched him. I don't believe that that's true. Uh, I, I. I mean, I, it, it, that seems totally out of character for Amon. I can't imagine that that's true. And yeah. We certainly have not you know, heard that it is. But, um, And I'm just guessing here, but it was, the game was out of hand, and it was an opportunity to rest him. They need Amon Richards. You know, in all the euphoria, euphoria that we're all surrounded by right now and, and a part of, the thing that I'm seeing that a lot of people don't understand is these games coming up are probably going to be a whole different kind of beast, uh, it, you know, starting with Clemson in the ACC championship game. And then if you get into the playoff and, and you, you know, you're in the final four, these are going to be totally different level games. And, and they need Amon Richards. I mean, Amon Richards is an elite wide receiver when he's healthy and they have to somehow, some way get him right and get him to being productive like he was as a freshman last year. And right now he's not. So, And it was obvious in the first half he, he was really struggling on some of his routes to get open. He just doesn't have the explosiveness that he's used to having. And I'm sure it's very frustrating for him, and I'm sure it's frustrating for the coaches. And um, So I think it was an opportunity to sit him out. I mean, I, I, I hope okay. it's not that he threw a temper tantrum and was being punished. Okay. Uh, I, no, I hope I'm – I'm hoping it was an opportunity to sit him out. They have got to get him physically right. Totally agree. And I was, and if that's the case, then I totally – he doesn't seem like that's the kind of kid. I mean, he's definitely one of those kids that has a positive effect on the team and in the locker room. So I was glad to see that. I was actually glad to see – you know, I was asking about Cager last week. You know, was he hurt? Was he injured? Man, that dude made an amazing catch. And what that just told me was – Maybe we needed to just let him sit down to get a little bit more healthy. You know, I mean, he's coming back off that ACL injury and stuff, but the way he leaped for that big-time catch, you never know when you're going to need that type of play against uh, Alabama when it's a 50-50 ball or a Clemson or, you know, any of the other teams that we're coming against. So I was encouraged to see Dayall Havers get some burn and also Lawrence Cager get some burn too, even though Dayall – Missed that third down completion, which wasn't Rosier's fault, because you know his completion percentage is down. But we've had a lot of drops. That was one drop that we saw in that game. The second thing I wanted to talk about is, man, we have to give it up to the improvement on the offensive line. I mean, if you if you think back last year, remember how Brad Kyle was sacked eight times against Virginia Tech, and the way this line is playing, that is like one of the un stories of this season. I mean, the way McDermott and, you know, I've been frustrated with Darling, but the way that that offensive line has played against the caliber of defense they've had in the last couple of years has just been incredible. So if you want to comment on that, I want to, I want to add something on the back end of that. But, man, those guys have been playing great. I totally agree. Uh, phenomenal job by Stacey Searles. I mean, basically he's got seven guys that he's had to survive with. And I mean, he's done it. Uh, you know, they're, they're almost to the end of the season here. And those guys have been playing great. And uh, hats off to Stacy. hats off to all those guys who have worked hard and, and, and are playing very well. Man, that's just incredible. So this is what I want to talk about. Um, I have to give credit to just 
not just Lawrence Rick, but just the entire coaching staff. And here's what I mean by that. Our fundamentals when we play is just absolutely amazing. And what I mean by that is when you take a kid like Michael Jackson, who we didn't even think needed to be on the team, he's probably going to make all ACC. I don't know if he's going to make first, third team, second team, or what. But he's going to be at least an honorable mention. He's probably he has a good chance he may make the all ACC team. You know, amazing. and you talked about it. Go ahead, Gary. No, I just said amazing. It's amazing. It's amazing, you know. And when you talked about how the subbings that they do that you don't see too much of a drop-off, when I watch the game now, in the beginning of the season, I'll tell you, I used to watch when they would sub, and I would cringe because I'd be like, well, you know, you can attack Mike Jackson or you can attack, you know, Malik Young. or You know what I mean? But now when I watch the game, I'm not focused on, who the sub package are. In other words, you know, if if uh, if um, D. Delaney comes in or, you know, Mike Jackson comes in or whatever, I'm not watching the game by, oh, my gosh, we got a sub and, you know, how are we going to look? I look at the improvement of D.O., Darren Owens. I look at the improvement of Mike Smith. And there's not a tremendous drop-off where we're just getting – you know, just to, just being taken advantage of. And I have to give so much credit just to the entire coaching staff. I mean, when I look at the secondary, the fundamentals, we tackle well. You know, I remember when we did last coaching staff, or just a couple coaches that before, there was a lot of kill shots. You don't see that here. You see great tackling. You know, I mean, that was a big boy that we that was big running back was playing against for Notre Dame. And the tackling was just off the chain. So I just want to throw a plug into that because I always said if you want to get – if you want a championship-level team, you need to have a championship-level coach. And I've been saying that for the longest, that I think we definitely have that. So I'm going to transition and talk about recruiting a little bit, and then we're going we're gonna to shut it down. If we don't get this Williams kids, is the class going to be okay if we don't take a quarterback this year? They're going to, I think they will take a quarterback. Uh, you know, I, I think that it starts with Williams. There's also a kid by the name of Casey Thompson from Oklahoma that they're looking at who's presently committed to Texas. But right now it, it looks like all the chips are, are moving towards Jaron Williams. He had a great visit this past weekend. Uh, we think that if I had to put a percentage on it right now, I'd say maybe 80% that he comes to Miami. Uh, he, he is going to visit Ohio State. He is going to visit Auburn. But I think there's a chemistry there at Miami. I think that there's a lot of trust in Mark Richt. And I think that he's going to end up being the quarterback. That's just my feeling right now. Okay, awesome. If what, This year has been a little bit different than previous years because you don't hear a lot of decommitment chatters. I mean, you just don't see that with the kids that we have kind of locked. In. And I think it has a lot to do with these kids are not really risk the loss of possibly that scholarship offer from Miami, they're valuing value a little bit more this year. So you don't see a whole lot of that. What are you? What's your percentage today as far as keeping Josh Job in the class? Boy, I mean, nothing's really changed there. I mean, I'll say 75%. I mean, there, Alabama is, is going to be an issue. You know, I've been saying it since day one. And that's who they're going to have to – to hold off and you know it's just going to be a question of you know what Josh Tobe and his family decide to do well it's definitely 
the one thing I can say is that the coaching staff has definitely recruited this kid the best they know how. And if he decides not to stay in the class, which I don't think he is, I think he's going to stay in the class. They've done a great job recruiting him. I mean, uh, I just I just don't know what to say to that. So, so when I look at the class, the way the class is going to kind of fill out, um, this will be my last comment. I need you to talk about the how do how do you see the class filling out? I'm concerned about the defensive line. You know, we haven't got Briggs or Biggs or Briggs to commit. I think we still need two D tackles to kind of finish out the class. Um, so I'm a little concerned about that. I, I'm worried about where our linebacker situation is going to look like. Where I think, you know, we need. To, I'm thinking Jordan is going to flip, but we need to kind of secure up in that area. And I still think we need something on the offensive line. So if you could just just finish this, you know, your comments being, you know, how you see the class kind of filling out in regards to who we think we have a good shot on, and you can just kind of keep me on hold. And I, while you do that, I just got to give a shout-out to the city of Miami. I mean, I'm living out here in Colorado now. I left Georgia, okay, getting ready to move to Virginia. But the city represented Miami. I mean, just they just represented us so well from college game day to the stadium to, you know, everybody has this – dark cloud that Miami is a thuggish, you know, really rebel type of program and city and all that stuff, but those boys represented us so well, and the city just showed out just tremendously, so I want to give a shout-out with that. But if you can comment on how you see the class filling out and where you think our good chances are, and you can just kind of keep me on hold, and we'll keep this conversation rolling. All right, I'll just uh, shoot through real quick because I think there's a lot of unknown. The quarterback we just talked about, I think there's a great chance that Jaron Williams uh, ends up being the quarterback. I think they're all set at running back with uh, Lingard, Relius George, and uh, Cameron Davis. I think the wide receivers are all set with Hightower, Pope, and Wiggins. I think the tight ends are all set with Jordan and Mallory. Uh, O-line you talked about, they've got commitments from John Campbell, Cleveland Reed, and Delone Scape. I think all three are solid. Uh, the question is who's going to be the fourth guy they take this year. Um, I think that they would like for it to be the Jalen Goss kid out of Valdosta, Georgia. A lot of efforts going in there. Um, but he didn't sound, when we talked to him recently, close to making that move yet. So no predictions there. I think they're also talking to Nick petit Frey from uh, Tampa, Berkeley. Uh, we'll, you know, we'll see what happens. And I wouldn't be surprised if another – guy or two pops onto the scene here in the next few weeks on at offensive line. You never know. Uh, defensive line, I think they're weighing a lot of different options. There's no way of telling who is, is going to be in the class beyond, uh, you know, Nesta Silvera obviously is already committed. Uh, I do think they'll end up taking a commit from Andrew Chatfield from American Heritage. I think that's going to happen. Uh, and I think they'll take maybe two more guys beyond that. And um, who they're going to be, uh, you know, we'll see. There's a, a lineup of probably about a dozen guys that they're recruiting. And uh, it, it could be anybody right now. It could be even somebody who's coming from off the radar. Um, linebackers, I don't think it's a big priority this year. Um, but I, I didn't mention they also have a commitment from Greg Russo, who's going to probably end up being a defensive end. Um, linebacker, I don't think is a huge area of need this year. They may not end up taking one, or you might see them take Huggins or Joyner, uh, Jonathan Huggins from Daytona beach, Patrick Joyner 
from South Dade. You know, we'll continue to monitor those uh, DBs. You know about all the commitments to this point. Um, the guys that are sitting there right now are Tyson Campbell and Patrick Sertain. And uh, I think if both want to come, they would take both. Uh, I think Sertain is probably a long shot. If Sertain doesn't come, I think the decision is going to be whether to take Kedron Smith from uh, West Palm Beach Oxridge Academy that we first saw at the Mark Rick summer camp last summer. He, he really showed out. I know the coaches loved him and they've been recruiting him ever since. Uh, the question is going to be, will all these DBs committed? Do they have a spot for him? Um, if they do, I think you'll see Kedron Smith become uh, part of the class. So that's, you know, where we see it right now. You could still see some changes evolve here in the coming weeks. Um, but as we sit here tonight, uh, that's where I think recruiting stands. Um, for those of you interested, the college football playoff top 25 is being unveiled right now. We're monitoring it as we continue on in the, in the show here. Um, they're up to number 11 with USC, getting ready to go to the top 10. So uh, we'll be watching that. In the meantime, let's go out to the 916. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Jerry, how you doing, man? It's rolling. Hey, what's up, Roland? How you doing this week? What's going on? If I, if, if good, I interrupt man. you at some point, it's just going to be because Miami's ranking came up. Oh, I know, I know. I'm going to keep it real short, man. Uh, first no, I'm you're good. You're, about, you're, you're good. I mean, it's only going to take us five seconds to say Miami's number two, right? Yeah, exactly. So um, I want to find out as far as recruits, uh, Campbell and uh, Sertan. What's the odds of both of those guys? To I mean, I just went through it. They don't know. I mean, they, I think they feel relatively good about Campbell, but he's keeping it very close to the vest. And, and uh, you know, he's really not revealing his cards right now. And I, and I still think Sertain's a long shot. I have heard that his dad wants him to come, but, you know, just because he'd like to see him stay local and be able to go see him, you know, or, or whatever. But, you know, we don't really know what those two are going to do. Okay. Okay. And, uh, any additional running backs? I know we got those two running backs uh, coming no. in. Um, no, they got plenty uh, of running okay. backs right now. You got the two running backs, you, know you got that, a fullback, and then you, you know still that, got yeah, Homer. Yeah. You could, yeah, it looks like DJ Dallas is going to stay at running back. Um, you know, you got plenty of running and, backs. And, Gary, and we don't know if Mark Walton's coming back. A friend of mine that trains that running back that's coming up to uh, Miami, that fullback, let me tell you, like yeah. I told you last week, Gary, that kid is going to be a beast. I'm, yeah. I'm just a, a monster from day one. I'm telling you. He looks like yeah, he's going to be a great gonna, prospect. That he and apparently he's got good hands. He can catch the ball. We'll see. Mark yeah. Rick's going to be very happy if he has a fullback next year. Definitely, man. Definitely. Put me on hold, man. I'll listen. All righty. Thanks for being part of the show, as always. Okay, 563-999-3633. 563-999-3633. Hit one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Uh, uh, let's see. Penn State has been placed at number 10 at 8-2. and two. Ohio State has been placed at number 9 at 8-2. and two. Notre Dame only dropped to number 8 despite that butt whooping that they received um, at the hands of the Hurricanes on Saturday night. And then Georgia, after losing for the first time, is in at number 7 at 9-1. and one. So, uh, that's what they've revealed to this point. We'll keep our eyes on that. In the meantime, let's go out to the 310. You're live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing, Gary? Doing great. Who's this? It's uh, Righteous Kane. Hey, what's up, Righteous? What you got for us? 
Uh, just wanted to comment like everyone else. You know, it was a glorious weekend for us, for our team. You know, it was finally good to see a complete game played by the guys, by the Canes. You know, out here in Los Angeles, I was with the alumni. We're at a bar. We're just having a good time. You know, a lot of people out here were giving us respect. You know, they were like, hey, Miami's great. Miami's back. They enjoyed seeing Notre Dame get beat, especially the fact that Notre Dame beat up on USC. So a lot of the USC fans are very happy to see that, that, that whooping. Yeah. And one thing I observed, one thing I observed was that like you could tell just through the television that there's like a brotherhood in this program with the coaches, with the players. You know, you could tell that they love one another. They're out there for each other. They support one another. And I think three of those assistants are, are future head head coaches. You know, well, Thomas Brown, Manny let, Diaz, let Todd you. Hartley. Let me stop you for. I want to stop okay. you for a minute because this this is driving sure. me like out of my mind because I read this on the message boards every day too. Who who do you see that is going to go be a head coach in the near future? Not 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 at this moment. I mean, like down the road, like five seven years around. But I think Todd Hartley, Manny Diaz, Thomas Brown, they look like people who could be head coaches in the future, and not 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 right now, like next year or two All years right. from now. If you're going to go be a head coach, you typically have to be a coordinator, right? Right. I mean, very few guys get hired for head coaching jobs who haven't been coordinators. Okay, mm-hmm. so. So right now, um, Alabama – wait, let me stop for a minute. I'll, I'll get right back to the subject. Alabama has been placed at number one. Clemson has been placed at number two. Unbelievable. No, that's great. You know, you know why? Great, that's actually. Because our, 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 our UM alumni, Clemson athletic director, Dan Radakovich, is a, is a very prominent guy on that committee. And they put Clemson well, you know at, at number two, which is fine. This- no, that's, that's what I'm saying. This is great news because, again, this goes with the disrespect of the Canes. They can use this for motivation, so they take care of business these next couple of weeks against Virginia and Pitt. But, they meet but like these guys, these guys are supposed to be sitting there looking at all criteria. How in the world do you take a one-loss Clemson team and put them that lost the ahead of – and, and they the put Miami – Miami's number three, by the way. But how do you put a Clemson team that lost to Syracuse – Ahead of a Miami team beat that beats Syracuse and is undefeated. I mean, how do you justify I, that? It doesn't. It doesn't matter I, because they're playing in a couple of weeks. But that's a joke. Right. It's like they make they make I a mockery I, of their own system. I think I think there's two reasons. As you know, there's a lot of bias, and Clemson has, has had a good run these last few years. Plus, they're the defending national champions. So I guess they felt well, but, we'll give them that but mulligan. But that's, that's supposed to be irrelevant. This is a new season, and they're supposed to be ranking based on this. Season. How do you take a well, one loss? Clemson team and put them ahead of an undefeated Miami under any circumstance. Well, I don't get it. But, well, but like, let me get back it's to like what Ohio State and Notre Dame. I'm we'll sorry. We'll talk more about that, I'm sure, as the, as the night goes on. I'm sure people are going to want to weigh in on that. By the way, Oklahoma's number four, Wisconsin number five, um, mm-hmm. and Aub- Auburn is number six. So that's where the rankings mm-hmm. stand this week. But uh, getting back to this head coach thing. All right. So let, let's, let's say you got to be a coordinator to go be a head coach. Okay, so that mm-hmm. means there's really only one candidate because t- Thomas Brown is is a coordinator in title. In name only. In name, in name only. Yeah, yes. he's not a coordinator right. So uh, that would leave Manny Diaz as the candidate to, to, to theoretically go on to a head coaching job. Manny Diaz mm-hmm. has been an assistant coach and a coordinator for, I think, 18 seasons, okay? And mm-hmm. before he landed at Miami – 
he'd been roughed up a little bit. He'd been fired several times and right, Texas, Texas. bouncing around to different programs and, and has found a home here in Miami, his hometown. And the thing that's made Manny so effective in my opinion is that it's a talent. Well, no, I'm not saying he's not doing a great coaching job. He is, but oh. the talent has allowed him to take his coaching to another level. And the knock that people used to put on him all through the years was that he was always gambling, and that you know. And I, I, I know offensive coordinators always felt like they could exploit his schemes because he always took chances. Well, maybe he was taking all those chances because he just didn't have the talent to stop people. And I don't see right. him taking chances here at Miami. I see him running a very sound defense. I see his kids incredibly well prepared every week. And I think this front four can do most of the work in most cases. Well, I mean, I think we're getting a great yeah, Manny Diaz here at the U for the second year in a row now. Okay, but why does everybody just assume that schools around the country are going to start lining up to steal him away to be a head coach? And why would he leave to go be a defensive coordinator somewhere else? So, like, I don't right. – I think this staff is going to be together for a while. That's my opinion, and, and I don't think that I any of them are, are going to be leaving. I don't see I why they would. They, they have incredible chemistry. It, it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's, a sta- it's as, it's as, as good a staff as you'll ever see in terms of the chemistry mm-hmm. in the football office. They all get along. They all love working for Mark Richt. He, he, he lets them do their jobs. And more than anything, he lets them have a life outside of their jobs. You know, these guys, they right. get uh, a lot, a lot of the things. He doesn't they, work them to the bone. He doesn't work them to the bone. He, he believes in efficiency. They come to work early. They get their work done. And then they go home and they see their kids and their wives and their families. And they can have somewhat of a semblance of a life, which a lot of football coaches around the country don't have. Don't have and, that. Yeah, because yeah, I hear, no, a, lot, I hear no, a lot of coaches work like 18 to 20 hours a week. I'm sorry, yeah, 18 to 20 hours a day. that's the culture in that business, no doubt. They show up It's by 6 a.m., they don't go home till 11 or 12. That's the culture in that mm-hmm. business. But that's not the culture with Mark Rick. So you've got a group of guys that have great chemistry with each other. They love the guy they work for who allows them to, ha- to have a semblance of a life and have families. And I don't think mm-hmm. any of these guys – are going to be crazy enough to go running off to some other job for an extra fifty thousand dollars. They're very well paid. Well, then Miami Miami increased the coaching budget. Uh, Manny Diaz, mm-hmm. I think, makes like six, somewhere in the ballpark of six hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Now, is somebody mm-hmm. going to suddenly come along and and offer them eight hundred or something? They, they might. That's possible. They might. But if you're Manny Diaz and you're at home Why with leave? your family, you're Why you're. Leave? With, with your parents and and your and everyone's together and and that's the life that you're giving your kids and everything else. You're gonna throw all this away for a little more money theoretically and go take a job that you might only have for two years. I don't think so. All right. And uh, and I think the yeah, staff is point. smart and I think they're gonna stay together. I think they work well together. They're having results. It's only gonna get better from here. And I, and it, it's just been driving me a little nuts when I read it every day on the message boards that everybody's just assuming that these guys are gonna go running for greener pastures. You know, be careful what you wish for sometimes. These guys got a good situation right now. I think they're gonna stay together for a while. We'll see. No, I mean, I agree with what you're saying. It's just the fact that, you know, the way things have been going the last 10 years, a lot of the coach staffs get poached when someone's doing very well. You know, even the uh, Al Golden staff, the offensive coordinator, he had the first one, uh, Jet Fish. He got picked off to go to Jacksonville. So yeah, but you, know, you have to want to get well, poached. You have to want to get mm-hmm. poached. 
You know, mm-hmm. I mean, Kuligowski's going to get offers. He could go to the NFL right. whenever he wants, probably, if that's what he wants to do. But yeah, he got offers. I think, he's, off I think he's already getting paid $600,000 here. Mm-hmm. You know, I and mean. Plus, you know, he, he likes it here. Yeah, so you're going to go run off to go to the National Football League, we, you know, where people get fired. Or you might get fired in two years. Yeah, you know, and, and, and uproot your life. You get, you're building a nice life here in South Florida. You, you can you can stay at the University of Miami as long as, long as you want. <laughs> you know, you make a very good point because Chris Winkie was on the L.A. Rams staff last year, and then, you know, when that coaching staff got knocked out, now he's working at Alabama as a, you know, a support staff. So you yeah. make a very good point. I mean, I'm not saying there'll you know, never be turnover ever on this Mark Rick staff. I right. just – I don't see why any of these guys would be in a hurry to leave. Right. I agree. I agree. Well, sorry I got your blood pressure worked up over that. <laughs> oh, no, I'm all good. I mean, listen, I'm – this is such – I mean, do you realize – well, I know you do realize, like, what we all have been through the last 12 years, the living hell – It's been tough. That, been that tough. the Cage man has been through, and, and as an extension, like, we've been sitting here living through for 12 years? I mean, this been is – brutal. This, this this is heaven. Ever, you know, since Max, that, ever, since, ever since that Peach Bowl massacre, yeah, this this this, oh is, my God. this has been heaven. You're right. Yeah, and that's when it started oh. too. That is that is it. People yep. ask me all the time, how did this happen? When did this downfall? It started the with that massacre. game against LSU where they got their yep. butts kicked in Atlanta, yep. and I remember that yep. LSU LSU put their weight room in a moving van and transported it. To Atlanta to get ready for that game. They they were treating that game like it was a Super Bowl, and Miami mm-hmm. had nothing to play for. And you know, Florida kids is just something about it. If there's not stakes, they you know there have to be stakes for Florida because you see Florida falling apart right now. They look horrible. Florida State. Florida State looks horrible. They're not playing for anything. You know, Florida kids right. don't respond to that stuff, and they just got their butts kicked that day by LSU, and that started the, that started that 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 tore the whole program up. It it, it turned coaches against coaches. It it right. I mean every everything just fell apart after that. Which, by the way, that's one thing I did enjoy about the players' interviews after the game. They said, you know, they were asking them, "Hey, are the Canes back yet?" They said, "No, not until we have a ring on our finger." And I said, "You know what? That is the attitude to have." They're not satisfied. That's a beautiful no thing doubt. to hear. And uh, what All right, well, I'm going to let other people get on. Thank you so much for being part of the show. Okay, go ahead. Thank we you. We appreciate it, Righteous Kane. Yep, we'll talk to you next week maybe. All right, 563-999-3633. Hit one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. we got about an hour and 15 minutes left, so we'll keep the express going. I'm going to get to those questions real, real soon that people submitted on the Canesport.com message boards because there were some good ones, but let's go – to the 205 right now. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Yeah. Yes, sir. Who's this? Hey, hey what's up, Slaughter? You must have been uh, doing those Ibis calls all over the place this weekend. <laughs> man, who you telling? I was so hyped, man. I was so hyped. Man. It was a beautiful thing watching that, man. But I'm just pissed off right now about these rankings because I don't, I don't understand their chain of thought doing this. It's, Wait, it's, I got to interrupt crazy. you for one second because I'm, I got, I got to throw up here for a minute because Kirby Hocutt, right, who was the Miami Athletic Director, okay, who's the head of this selection committee that just put nine and one Clemson ahead of nine and zero Miami, has the audacity uh-huh. to come on national television and say that 
Miami was put below Clemson because Miami doesn't have a quality win on the road, and Clemson does. Give me what a break. Give me a break, Kirby. Go back to Texas Tech. Enjoy your life. That is a joke, okay? Like, like it's Miami's fault that Florida State is not elite this year. I mean, add Florida State on the schedule on the road. It's like, oh, my God. I just had to get oh, – oh. All right, good. I turned that off. What a joke. Thank yeah, God man, it doesn't just, matter, though, Slaughter. Thank God it doesn't matter. They're going to play on December 2nd in Charlotte and settle it on the field. So it doesn't matter what these clowns do, but what a joke. That is ridiculous. Man, but but you know, do you see, do you see the, 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 um, the crookedness in it, though? They want to rank us three instead of one or two because if we do lose to Clemson, we're out of it. But if we're ranked one or two, you know, so we make and drop the four, so we still in it. But as all yeah. that says, we went out, we went to win anyway. Well, I think you, you got to hope that Wisconsin – you got to hope Wisconsin loses to Michigan. They're going to lose to Ohio. They're going to lose to Ohio. Lose to Ohio. Lose yeah, to that's games. the key. The key is Wisconsin's going to lose. <laughs> Yeah, they're gonna lose. You know, they're not. You know, Wisconsin. And then, Wisconsin, Georgia, and then Georgia's gonna lose to Alabama, which I think they yeah. will. Yeah, I, honestly, I don't think Bama's gonna be Auburn. <laughs> no, that honestly, that opens up a whole other can of worms. Then they got to sit there and say, do we take an eight and do we take a ten and two Auburn team and put them over one loss teams? You know, uh, that would be absurd. Also, that would just be ridiculous. Yeah, but, um, Exactly, man. I I was like, I was pissed. I'm pissed right now. But like you said, but they're gonna play, so we at least we in there. So, but it is yeah. what it is. You win, you move up. You lose, you move down. Like Rick said. But this is this um, is setting up like if 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 Miami loses the ACC championship game and they 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 move them out of the top four, it's setting up just like two, the year 2000. When remember when when Miami got screwed and, yep. and ended up having having to just play Florida State in the bowl game. Yeah, that's what that's and that's exactly what they're trying to do. Exactly I mean, it, yeah, do. I mean, you could just see it coming that they'll they'll put a they'll put a, a two loss Auburn team ahead because at that point oh, Auburn would have beaten they, they would have beaten Alabama and they would have beaten Georgia. I mean, they would have a pretty good resume, no argument. But but losses don't count anymore. So now all you need to do now what they're going to start doing is just scheduling tough teams. So it don't matter if you lose, as long as you beat a couple of them. You know, what yeah. I'm saying? At, the, at the end of the season, you you gotta get in. So you yeah. know, but that, you know, it's that's silly. not real. I'll never forget that. It's just. Okay, it's kinda, um, what else you got for us? Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, um, I just wanna, you know, like this, like this, this staff, man, or like this program, with a lot of um, a lot of these analysts, a lot of these people don't understand. If you look at the the previous history of the Miami Hurricanes, anytime we have a competent coach. It doesn't take us long to get back on track and win a national title. I mean, the, the history shows it. You know, we, you know, when we when Butch when, when Butch came around, he he resurrected the the um, you know the 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 the, the program, the the Ericsons, the the Jimmy Johnsons. It doesn't take much for us to win. That's why Rick is having such success because he has a good foundation. All we need is stability, and we're good. You know. Um, and two or three years from now, this team is going to be very, very scary, especially if McIntosh – just think about this, Gary. You're going to have McIntosh um, come – if McIntosh come back, you got Norton, and then people forgetting about how good Willis was playing last year. Willis was playing some pretty good football last year for us. He was one of our best, you know, best D linemen. 
you know, mm-hmm. and then you you bring in the silver kid that that's freshman. I don't think he's gonna still. I think he'll be in the rotation. But if those three guys, you know, those two guys come back, I don't think he really sees the field because you don't really need him at this point. You know what I'm saying? And I think also far as you know, kind of jump subjects with the with those American Heritage kids. If we get three of those kids, I don't see why Sertan wouldn't come to Miami. You know what I'm saying? Because you said, okay, my friends are coming. You know, my friends are coming. Here, here, here's the thing, Slaughter. Uh-huh. That would give Miami, what, eight defensive backs in this class? If, if, and if those two, no, but they, it's not a matter of whether they're going to take them. How, how, do you, like, how do you convince the kids that that's in their best interest for eight top recruits that are defensive backs to come to the same school in the same year? That's a tough deal, okay. man. I, well, I mean, mean, Alabama does it. I mean, why, I mean, all top programs listen, have good. If good it plays players, out that way, it's one of the it's one of the greatest recruiting jobs I've ever seen. I don't know but that it's reality. I just I don't know that it's reality. It, it, you know, we'll, we'll see how it plays but, out. But you have to think about this also. You have to think about this also, Gary. Um, you still got you know you're gonna have Mike Jackson them still on, but he's gonna be a senior. You got people that you got guys that's gonna leave. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Jaquan Johnson's going to leave. I mean, there. Yeah, no, there's exactly. there's opportunity. So they got, no doubt. It's opportunity but, for them to play. But that's a lot of guys. Much we, yes and no, because you know some of those guys are going to be can be converted to different positions. But you know that's going to grow into different positions, just like we thought well, Brandon was going to be a corner turn into a safety. Yeah, and and, and, and you know what? You take there, Gilbert Frierson's high school coach thinks that he could be a better receiver than he DB. may be a receiver. Yeah. Exactly. So that's what I'm saying. It's not set in stone, but you also you still want that depth because Manny Diaz uses a lot of players. He uses a lot of best, and I don't think some of those guys that's on 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 roster right now would be there because they had two or three years to show and prove. You know, so that may be a case where hey, I think it's best interest so you you know you find somewhere else to play. You see what I'm saying? Like some of the guys that's on the roster that hasn't been producing in year two, you got two years to show and prove. You know, not to say that you just kick a kid off the team, but at the end of the day, you know, this 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 these guys up. So it's no excuse. Mm-hmm. You know, but um, as far as um, I seen something about a linebacker, um, a linebacker from oh my god, he supposed to be coming to the game Saturday. Um, he's an underrated kid, three star. Do you know anything about him? Daytona Beach, Jonathan Huggins? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he's no, um. Kid. Let me look at What's this kid name? Hold on. Let me hold on. That's the kid. I gotta pull it up. Um I gotta pull it up right here. Um uh, James Miller from um Armwood. Three star line. Twenty nineteen? Is he twenty nineteen? He's twenty eighteen. He's twenty eighteen kid. Yeah, I don't think I don't think he's in the picture. Think, okay, okay. I just know they said that he's supposed to be on visiting. Three well, he team. might have he come to the game. I mean, they they had a, they had several hundred kids at the game, but that doesn't mean he's in the in the, in the real picture. Was, I just know he was um, committed to LSU and decommitted, something like that. So, but that's yeah, um, I don't know. But, um, man, just want to kind of just it's just it's just it's just it's just great to to hear you know be on these calls now and not to hear all the negative and and the fire this person, the fire that. It's just great to really come over here and just cheer for our squad and just say how proud we are. Because it like watching that game Saturday, man, I was like a proud father. It's like, man, I I have seen the worst. 
<laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like, oh, man, I'm so happy it's over. And to, it's, it's just amazing, man. And, you know, I just want to, you know, just just a shout-out to my boy Kane Kane and um, Uki, man. You know, we, we had many conversations about, man, what, what needs to change, and it's changed. And, you know, I'm just happy to have Mark Rick as the coach. Um, but, Gary, man, I ain't really got much to say, man, but – um, I will be at the ACC championship game, so you know, I hope I can see you there or something like that. If you know you're going out doing a tootsie roll or something, man, we can party or something afterwards, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Slaughter. Hey, thank you for being part of the show. All right, keep me on hold. All right, guys, five six three nine 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 three six three three. You hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. And let's go out now to the six seven eight. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Gary, what's going on? It's 23 Daddy Kane. Hey, what's up, Mr. Herndon? I didn't see you this weekend. Were you at the game? Oh, yeah. I was there, buddy. I was there. Somebody must there. have stolen your front row seat. Uh, nah, nah, I didn't walk down that time. Uh, I didn't walk down to the to the bottom this time. I got in there late. Uh, I had to go pick up my, my wife from the airport. So what you got, man? What do you think? Airport to me. Nothing, man. Just the, way the crowd was electric. It was packed. I loved it, man. It was it was unbelievable atmosphere. Uh, kids showed up and showed up. I mean, that's all I got. I was just so glad to have that outcome. And uh, like like the previous caller said, enjoy hearing all this positive reinforcement from all these callers. It's like it's a totally different show. Now. So I uh, tip my hat to your listeners. What um what kind of mindset did you see from the kids after the game? Do you think that they're 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 staying grounded and and not letting all this success get 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 carried away? Well, yeah, I, I was around a bunch of them uh, for the weekend after the game, even you know before the game. But they are grounded. Um, one thing somebody alluded to earlier is if if you notice throughout all the the interviews, they were all talking about hey, it's important to us to get coastal. It's important to us to win coastal. So they set those milestones up, uh, and they should enjoy winning that first coastal division. There's still work to be done, but they should rejoice in that because that was a that was a huge feat. Uh, the kids I hung out with Sunday um, were all elated. They're they're grounded. They're focused because they know they still have more work to do. So. You know, they enjoyed that win that night and starting the win for practice, not even meetings, but practice. You know, it was down to the next day. So, yeah, that, that pretty much bound it. So, it's, it's a great atmosphere. All right, well, you got anything else for us? Oh, and Lawrence Cajun was hurt. He re-injured yeah. his knee, uh, tweaked it in the Florida State game. So, that's why we haven't seen him. Yeah, that was a great catch he made the other day. Wow. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so that's good, man. A lot of weapons we'll have uh, to deploy. I mean, it's just a freaking awesome, awesome season. And I also talked to him about, you know, staying focused and, you know, don't let um, Virginia and Pitt be trap games for him. You know, stay focused. And they always like, no, we're not, we're not. You know, it's not going to happen. So it's, it's a great deal. And, oh, yeah, I was looking at the, the, the ratings show right along when you made the comment. I can't believe that guy is from Miami. I, I would have thought somebody should have been calling in saying it was home cooking. But, uh, you know, they do that just to spark conversation because they're going to have Clemson versus us 
in the ACC championship anyway, and they know that. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I think they, do, right. they, they are doing it for that reason, because they want to be different than the regular rankings. I agree with you. Yeah. But, yeah, that's just, it, but it's, it's still a, a joke. It's a, it, they make a mockery it of their is. system. Yeah, I mean, Clemson but, has more impressive road victories. Like, give me oh, a break. I could not believe he said that. More impressive road victories. And we had more impressive home victories. It's, it's just crazy. It's, and like you said, it's a one-loss team, yet still, you can go off a of strength of schedule. You can do any of that. I mean, but, you know, it's, it's doing what it's, it's meant to do, and that's provoke conversation like we having about it. They don't want to come out and be just like the AP polls and the coaches' polls because then it's going to be like, oh, why even have this entirely different third poll? So they got to make it different some way. And they, they led off by saying this week. He led off by saying this week we have blah, 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 because they know what it is. It's, it's that great buildup. This week is going to be something that they're going to make us watch next week because they're going to think it's going to be another outcome. So, hey, it's, it's <laughs> Well, I, mean, I, I, I will say this. They beat Louisville on the road 47-21. They beat Virginia Tech on the road 31-17. And they beat NC State on the road 38-31. So they, they do have more impressive road victories than Miami. But they don't have more impressive home victories. <laughs> yeah. I mean, true. I guess, well, you know, I mean, well, you know what? They beat Auburn, which is a good victory at home. So you know what? Let them be number two. It's fine. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because they know that game is going to – come on. That game is going to happen anyway in Charlotte. They, they know that. And it could, the standings could change. I don't know who Clemson played for the next two weeks, but they know that that game is going to play out. They play the, the Citadel and uh, South Carolina. Ooh, South Carolina has a plan. That's a rivalry game. So and South Carolina. Like we, oh, oh, see, so they can stand to lose again, just like Auburn and uh, Alabama. I mean, Auburn, I think, is going to run through Alabama. So, yeah, it, it'll all wash out. I'll come out I think watch. I think we got I think we want Alabama to be just beat beat Auburn and Georgia. I think that's the best thing for Miami. That Especially would with Alabama those. having so many people hurt. Mm-hmm. I love it. But to be yeah, honest, but I'm but not, I think let Alabama let Alabama beat those guys. You know, you know, I I think that's the best thing. Get Auburn the three losses. Get um and and then you need you want Michigan to beat Wisconsin and and then it's all good. So we'll see. Oh yeah. Yep, All right, you coming down this so weekend? Yes, I am. Entire, see you now. All right, maybe, maybe we'll see you out there at the stadium this week. Thanks, as always, for being oh, part of the show. Right, you got it. Thanks, Mr. Herndon. Good talking to you, as always. All right, let's go out now to the 310. No, 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 we've already been to that one. Let's go to the, uh, the 973. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Gary, Gary, Gary. What's up, like boss? you do this in like you do this in order. I'm always following Daddy Dang. I like it though because <laughs> he always come level. And if I'm right up or anything, he always put me. He always come with something good, and I calm down. But there's nothing to be calmed down about this week because I'm feeling great, feeling fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> I keep trying to find things to get fired up about, and I and then I just you know I. Uh, <laughs> Like I did, I'm, I'm, this, I, this ranking thing had me a little annoyed for a few minutes oh, yeah, because I thought what? it was really but dumb. You know what? I was watching but when you too. look at was, what they're looking at, it makes it, it it's not totally nonsense. That's fine. Yeah, listen, it's fine. I was hoping that you would get to me before it come out so I could concentrate. Listen, man, this man was at Miami. 
whatever happened, why he had to go. You, I'm looking at the, I'm looking at the committee, Gary. You got, you got the Virginia, Virginia Tech old coach. You got Wilmington that used to be the Notre Dame coach. You have all different type of people. You have um, Stanford people in there. All these guys who just do not want to see Miami do anything. But you know it's fine because I think it works better for us because I think the players when they hit, I think they was hoping that they was too. But now that they're not, I think there's something else again that we got a chance to play for. I, I don't want us to be comfortable. I don't want us to be comfortable at all. I want us to be mad, be upset. Look what um our defensive back guy said. He said, we, we play angry every game. We play mad every game. We have everything to be mad about every game. So there's nothing to be comfortable about. I don't want to be comfortable. I want them to be upset. I want them to be angry. I want them to feel disrespected every time they touch the field. And that's basically what's going to happen. And I'm loving it. No, don't put us at number two. No, put us where nobody, where we don't want to be. And that's going to keep us fighting because we put a spanking. Gary, do you realize how many people was watching that game? I'm talking, you got people that's Notre Dame fans who just say they're Notre Dame fans just to be Notre Dame fans. You got guys that just come out every year and say they're Notre Dame fans, and they're not even Notre Dame fans. They don't even watch Notre Dame during the season. But they just respect Notre Dame, and it's it's the Irish and everything. So all of them tuned in, and they watch a spanking. And I'm sure they turned it off right before we had to finish up in celebrating because they didn't want to see us. They didn't want to see us jump around and have fun because they're upset. And I was just loving it. I I was beside myself. I mean, I couldn't. I it, it I I dislike. I don't want to use the word hate. But I, it went, when Notre Dame lose, everything is right with the world for me. They could lose twice in a day, and I'm loving it. Now, I want to get to a few things, man. Um, so, you know, I just wanted to express that I love the fact that they're making us what we don't think we should be. So that keeps that carrot and that need to continue to play well. Anyway, um, shout out to, um, you know, nobody has mentioned this, but I, I, stay, I stay to the grounds with this stuff. Shout out to D. Jackson, man. He's hurt. But he had that turkey drive in his community this week. I think that's a fabulous thing. I think that's a great young man. And, and, and that's another thing that's going on in the locker room, too. I think we got grown men and mature men that's doing mature things. And, um, you know, when you get a chance, I'll just, I'll just talk about that a little bit. I just want to shout him out. I'll um, disagree with you. It's great. You know, they, they, this, they all these kids do a lot of community service throughout the year. I believe they were named the number one community service program in the country. And that's something I hope that they did put on games. They didn't. They can't fill everything. It's a program thing. They can't fit everything in there. But I was hoping that they'd talk about us being a top 50 institution, number one academically in the state of Florida. I was hoping that they'd be able to squeeze these things in, but they didn't. Um, it's fine. Let me ask you this, though, Gary. Where did you – where did you on game um, for, the, for the morning show? Where were you? Were you were you on campus? Did you yeah, enjoy I, it there? Where, 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 what part of the campus were you? Where you in that whole? I was right by the. I was right by the set. We were right oh, there okay. next to the All set. Right. I, I was watching the show and, right from the set. Brought your kids down and everything. Everybody enjoyed themselves. No, I didn't. Did no, I didn't bring any kids down. I just you, you didn't know, bring your kids around it. Okay. All right. No, we, we were down there. We were down there working. Oh, okay, I thought maybe you'll let them enjoy that because it's going to be something that, um, you know, may not happen again for a while, and you wanted everybody to experience it. Yeah, I'll tell you why but it's okay. not going to happen again for a while because no one's going to want to play Miami in the in, in <laughs> Rock Stadium. They're going to have hey, a hell man, of a time scheduling home and homes 
I guess they already got Michigan State oh, locked in, but funny. I don't know if that's going to get it done for game day. I mean, who the heck's going to schedule a home and home with Miami? And you know, I, I don't know, it's man. Funny the way you brought that up, Gary. Because that's on my list. That's on my list to talk to you about this one. I'm just going to segue right into this. Now the terms is on our side. There's no more two for one. When we play, we're not scheduled to play my um, Notre Dame again. The contract is over now, right? So no, no, that's not true. Should... No, they play, they play Notre Dame again, and I don't know if it's four. I forget if it's four years from now or something like that. Well, but, do, um, they play, do they play it, us back it, at home? Notre Dame's so in did... a rotation with the ACC now. No, okay. So it's, it's, not, that's... A, it's not a contract anymore. Now it's a Notre Dame rotation in the ACC. Okay, but fine. If they want a contract again, it needs to be in our favor. Because no, they won't be a contract. Notre Dame's playing oh, okay. ACC teams. Okay, good. Because hey, now I want to play. I don't want to mess around with them. You got to come see us before we come see you again. But anyway, um, this is something I wanted to throw out there. Hey, um, this is a little something to laugh about, man. I, uh, on that pick six, on that pick six, Gary, Bandy was taking it to the house. I was like, wait a minute. It looked like he's about to run out of real estate. Was I the only one thinking that he's going to actually run out of bounds? <laughs> he looked like he might run out of bounds. I, 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 I was thinking the same thing. He had, I, Gary, there was nobody near him, and it, and it looked like he might run out of bounds. Gary, <laughs> I jumped out of my chair, and I'm, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm hollering, I'm cheering, I'm, you know, I'm like, I'm, I'm riding a horse, I'm, I'm like riding a horse, and I'm looking, I'm saying, well, wait a minute, I hope he doesn't run out of bounds. <laughs> I know that would have been. Said, can you imagine? I said, I said, wait a minute, I said, boy, stand down, but um. Oh God, man! It, it's, I mean, that really, honestly, that really, that that closed the night. I mean, I could imagine all those Notre Dame fans when they saw that, or the wannabe Notre Dame fans when they saw that. Oh my God! They just they it flattened them, Gary. It it, it tore their heart out, and it's nothing better to tore out their heart, man. I, I I'm just, I, I love that. But okay, a couple of things recruiting wise. Um. You didn't um, when that when that person called in before, and you ran down basically every position. I'm going back to this again. You didn't really bring up the kid Hall. What is your thought process on him? Okay, Ger- we talk about Irvin Hall. Yeah, I mean, what is still, what do you? He's still, he's still committed. I mean, if someone does, yeah. if someone's going to defect based on just the numbers or whatever, I mean, it, it could be him. I mean, I know everybody wants him. And I'm yeah, sure that all these really quiet. Are, they're all in his ear saying, are you looking at how many de- defensive backs Miami's taking? I mean, I, I, I mean, it's a natural counter-recruiting move. That's what they're going to have to, but he's a, you know, He's a kid. With. If he doesn't come, he's telling me he just never wanted to be here in the first. And there's something to, there's something going on there that just, that's just, it's just nasty, Gary. It's, it's, you know, I come with it. I, I, you know, I talk about it when I, when I get on. It's nasty because, is a kid who, when he committed to us, all the great comments that he made out, he always wanted to play for us and blah, 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 blah. And he just seemed like one of those guys right now that's staying really, really quiet. And we and I know something is going on. I'm not – it's just like, your, just like what Gary said. He kind of knows something, but he's not going to reveal it on the show. Um, you, you From talking to me over the years, Gary, you know I bring this up all the time. Um, I know a little bit about what's going on in South Florida. And I just hate the fact that they're doing it right now. But I think with all the stuff that's going on, I think it's going to override. And I'm just praying that these kids stay committed. And and, and we need to get up on both Florida and Florida State. We need to get up two classes because that's I think that's what happened with Florida State. They got up in front of us, Gary, two classes. 
and they stole our South Florida kids, and they was able to beat us. So now we need to keep where we could get up two classes on them in Florida, and so we could be the dominant team for the next couple of years. You know, well, the gauntlet's so, being um, thrown down. The coaching staff is is jumping into this thing. Kirk Herbstreet during the show tonight made the comment that he wants to see how Miami plays without the atmosphere that they had the last mm-hmm. two weeks and that a noon mm-hmm. game against Virginia is not the same. And uh, that kind of has gotten under the skin a little bit of the coaches, and they're all on Twitter now putting out a challenge to the fans. Who says yeah. a noon game against Virginia has to be different than an 8 o'clock game against Notre Dame? Who says? And, they and I love it because – because the, cause the, 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 the staff do such a great job of keeping the eye, keep, keeping us on the right uh, track, the players on the right track as far as. But let, well, let me just say this. That's fine. I don't think we're losing to Virginia. I think we're going to start steady and finish fast. But the one that concerns me, and I, and I don't want to be concerned, Gary, it is Pittsburgh. It's going to be cold. I'm yep. hoping that it's not snowing. I'm hoping it's not sleep to that kind of slow us down. That kind of bring bring the game in their favor a little bit. They're going to be pound, trying to pound the ball and trying to do a little tricky stuff and trying to, like, misdirection us and see if we can move, you know, basically uh, see if we can run around and miss tackle a little bit. That's the tricky one, you know. Yeah, it's, they're they're going to they're, they're gonna present it to their players as, as their bowl game. But let me tell you why. To try to get them inspired. I still wonder whether they're not going to have one foot out the door. You know, yeah, I, but here's the thing. I, I, here's, I here's why it's tricky. Here's why we're fighting two type of monster. We're fighting a monster traveling with family members or not family members maybe come into that gang because maybe some of the guys from South Florida may not want to go down there family-wise because it's cold, so they're going to stay away. So we might not have the, that fan base that we're like, just to have it a little bit behind us. That could help with the distraction too, not having family members around that to worry about. But more than likely, they're going to want the family to travel because we're probably going to have food and stuff the night before at a hotel. So families is going to be there. So those are the little things. Those are the little things that may show up that we got to hope that we, we, we keep clean and we, we prepared and I have nothing but confidence in the staff that they've been, it's not their first rodeo with certain things and um, they'll be able to keep us focused. Cause that's going to be the tricky game. Thanksgiving, having our family going out there playing in the cold. We got to ignore that and, and whoop them. We got to go out there and throw the phone. But uh, Virginia first, and, and 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 that's it. But listen, man, um, all these guys, Patrick Sertan, you know really what I want, Gary? You know what I really want? If he doesn't come, that's fine. Get the kid from Stockford, the one that really want to come because he's been saying how he wants to be a cane. Let him come. Find a way to get Campbell, and let's roll. You know, if, if Joe don't want to come and Hall don't want to come, get the guys who want to come because you notice the guys who want to come. Bandy wanted to come. He just was mad that the other staff wasn't recruiting him, but he wanted to be a cane. So when mm-hmm. the guys who want to be a cane and they're good enough, like you tell me right now, if the kid from Stockbridge, if he's not good enough, Gary, tell us right now. But if you think he's good enough, okay? Oh, he's, no, he's good. He He's good. I I, yeah, I, watched, don't think, I watched him at the at the uh, Mark Rick camp. I thought he was very good. Okay, then let's, let's roll with him. And don't forget our wide receiver situation. We still got this Janoko brother that's redshirting. Still got him. So even though we're doing three wide receivers, that's fine. We got him that's redshirting. 
you know, he's going to be a wide receiver. Like you said, the kid Ferguson that's going to probably come in, Fison's going to come in, and they're going to switch him around and make him a wide receiver. We could always put um, Dallas at wide receiver at the slot. We got, man, come on, we, we, we got guys. We got guys that's going to be able to do it. This, this, I'm just, Gary, you just don't understand right now. I mean, if you, you know, oh, another thing before we, um, before I get off, I was one of the first guys to call you to say we need to keep at least one of the defensive linemen. One has to stick around, Gary. Remember when I brought that up to you early? Mm-hmm. One has to stick around. So, and I know I want to jump the gun for next year, but I'm just saying, one has to stick around because, like, hey, that kid Ty Martin is never going to play for us, is he, Gary? Is he ever going to be able to? Is he going to be a transfer I candidate? I don't think so. Yeah. You know, yeah. Okay. All right, man. Listen, as basically, right, like I said, man, I want to shout out D. Jackson. He's doing a great thing, great role model, and I'm excited. And um, one more time for them, for them, for them um, Notre Dame guys. It's too bad y'all didn't get it done, and that's what we do. We whip behinds. Hey, I'm loving it. Keep me on hold. I'm enjoying All right, Rob, it. Thanks, let's... thanks for being part of the show, man. All right. All right. Uh, let me attack a couple of these questions from the message boards at canesport.com. Is Miami a better football team now than Clemson? Well, I mean, the evidence seems to suggest that the Canes have caught up. I, you know, I think the offensive personnel is comparable. Clemson's got a few playmakers. Miami certainly has several playmakers. I, I don't really give Clemson a huge edge in terms of offensive personnel. I think the Clemson defensive line started the season ahead of Miami without question. They've got, you know, two, three guys that are expected to be first round draft picks. Uh, But I think when you look at the depth of Miami's D line and the fact that they can roll eight guys out there without a drop off in performance, um, you know, I, I think you'd have to say it's getting pretty comparable I mean, I heard someone say today that the entire Miami front seven is going to play in the National Football League, and it's kind of hard to argue with that right now. I mean, it looks like the linebackers are on that type of trajectory. Um, I haven't seen enough of Clemson's secondary to give a great opinion there, Um, but I do think that covering Clemson down the field with the speed they have on the outside with that Ray Ray McLeod kid and uh, I think his name's Deion Kane uh, is going to be a challenge. For, for the secondary, uh, you know, let's be honest. Um, but I don't think there's any doubt that the Hurricanes belong on the same field with Clemson this year. And the question is going to be how they respond in that stadium on December the 2nd that's going to be dominated by Clemson fans who simply have better access to Charlotte than Miami fans. I was talking to some people today who are trying to travel to that game, and they're having a hard time getting flights. It's just, it's It's not the easiest place in the world to travel to. So, you know, I think Miami gets 5,000 tickets for that game. I got to think they would fill it, but uh, 5,000 fans in a 70,000 seat stadium or 60, whatever it is, 65, 70,000 seat stadium is not real significant. So, I, I mean, in reality, that's going to be a road game for Miami. And, and how big of a factor is that going to play in the game? That we don't know. But I don't think it, it, I don't think Miami is totally outclassed by Clemson this year when you look at the roster and um, the fact that Syracuse was able to beat Clemson and Miami beat Syracuse kind of supports that a little bit. Although I I will, I've come around and I will agree with the committee that Clemson does have a better road victory resume. When you look at, you know, Auburn, NC state, Virginia tech, 
three big games that they won on the road, and that's not easy to do. And that shows you that that's a good team. And I know they had a bad game against Syracuse, but that that is a good team. And uh, it should be the toughest game of the year, and I think it will be. What's going on with Amon Richards? Uh, We talked about that earlier. I mean, he's struggling. He hasn't been healthy all year. Missed a lot of practice, and and don't underestimate that aspect of it. When you when you go weeks and you can't practice, I, you know you just you lose your edge. And I mean, if Amon Richards is physically right, he is an elite player. I don't think there's any question about it. Um, but he doesn't look physically right, and he hasn't looked physically right all year. And uh, you know, hopefully that they can get him on right here for what lies ahead because I think they need him. I think he's the type of guy that makes that Clemson game more of a level playing field if Amon Richards can do some things on the outside, like we're used to seeing Amon Richards do. Was Notre Dame overrated? Um, Well, I mean, the the committee tonight didn't think so. They kept them in the top 10. Um, Maybe they were a little bit overrated. Um, Maybe people got a little carried away with some of their victories, but the bottom line is who cares? Miami benefited from that if they are overrated. Miami jumped up to, to number two in the real polls, and number three in the playoff poll. So Miami benefited from what people thought of Notre Dame. Uh, I didn't think Wimbush was a very good quarterback. He didn't look very good the other night in in that atmosphere. Um, In fairness, I'm not sure that Notre Dame really had a chance in that atmosphere. And I can see why people would say they want to see what Miami looks like when they're not in that atmosphere, because to me, that was a two touchdown home field advantage without question. Um, but, you know, obviously Notre Dame wasn't good enough to handle it. Let's put it that way. And if that means they're overrated, then maybe they were a little bit overrated. Can we remember a better season than the one the Hurricanes are having right now? I think we got to see how it ends. The season's not over yet. You still got two regular season games. You got to go to Charlotte and play Clemson. And then you got a bowl game. You have four games left in, what, a 12-13 game season? That's almost a third of the season left to play um but i think if it ends with victories that i would compare it to 1983 if it ends in in a loss maybe the year 2000 when miami was close and turned the corner and then came back and played for the national title in 2001 and 2002 if everyone comes back i think this team is a candidate for preseason number one next year we'll see how it plays out um will the team have a letdown after those two huge Primetime wins to now having to play at noon. We just talked about it a minute ago. A lot of the TV commentators think they will. The Miami coaches are challenging the fans to show up and create the same atmosphere at a noon game. I don't know if that's reality or not. Uh, We haven't seen that very often down here. Um, But I think that, like I said earlier in the show, that the way that the coaches are rotating players and getting a lot of guys involved in the game is kind of like a immunization against – looking past teams and not getting up for games. I think that, you know, guys get excited to be able to go out on the field. I think they smell the prize. And, um, you know, I think the fans are hyped and will turn out on Saturday. I think that that atmosphere the last two weeks was just a lot of damn fun. And and I, I this is the last chance this year to experience it. And I think the fans are going to show up on Saturday. I don't know if every seat in the stadium will be full. I think that a lot of the students are going to go home early for Thanksgiving, and that's going to impact the environment a little bit. But, uh, you know, I still think you'll have a decent crowd out there and and, and enough people to get the kids 
um, fired up for their last home game and, and, and senior day. DJ Dallas running the Wildcat. It was a nice wrinkle, but do we think about him throwing from the Wildcat as well? And um, I think that's something you're going to see without question. You might see it as soon as this week. I mean, now that Mark Ricks has rolled the Wildcat out there, I don't think it's inconceivable that you might see a little Wildcat in every game left this year. And uh, how good is Dallas throwing the ball? Uh, Mark Rick said he didn't really like the way it was looking in practice, which is why he didn't call it this week. But maybe they're going to continue working at it. And um, I don't think he's going to become a dual-threat quarterback as a permanent type of deal. I think he'll continue to be a specialist uh, as a running back, um, certainly as long as Nicosi Perry's around and maybe even recruit Jaron Williams. But uh, happy for DJ Dallas because, you know, he wasn't playing earlier in the year other than on special teams. And I'm happy for him that they found a role for him. Who are the MVPs of the team thus far? I think uh, you have to look at Braxton Berrios on the offense. And defense is a little tougher because it's a little bit more balanced. If I had to pick one guy as an MVP, maybe I'd say Joe Jackson, who's you know having a pretty good year as a defensive end, even though his sack totals aren't real high. Um, I think he's been pretty rock solid. All right, there's a few more left. I'll get to them in a few minutes. But uh, let's go back out to the calls right now. And let's go to the, a neighbor of Mr. Herndon's in the 678. You're live on Kane Sport Live. You with us? Going once, going twice. All right, you're going to have to call back. Uh, let's go to the 786. You're live on Kane Sport Live. You there? This isn't good. That's two in a row. I hope, uh, hope the board's not malfunctioning on us. Let's go to the 240. You are live on Kane Sport Live. What's going on, Gary? All right, we're working. I, I was nervous for a minute. I'm doing good. Who's this? Come on, Gary. You know I'm working on my voice by now? Nah, what's up? This is D Black. Hey, what's up, D Black? How you doing, man? Hey, I'm doing great. You know, last two weeks I've been on a high. You know, I was uh, I got a couple things. You know, I had a bet with a real close friend of mine. You know, we call each other brothers. You know, and uh, he's a Notre Dame fan. So, you know, I normally like to watch the games in my own house. You know, I don't know. I'm just superstitious like that. I like to sit in my house and watch it, jail and stuff. So I said, I said, I'll come over to your place and watch the games. We had a bet. So if, uh, you know, if we lost, I had to rock a Notre Dame shirt and take a picture of it and, and be posted on Facebook, whatever. And if he lost, he had to change his, his whole Facebook page, like his pictures, everything had this background had to be, you know, Miami. So we had the house. I mean, we, we just kicking. I mean, we, we putting foot to tail. It was like 27, nothing. He don't want to watch the game no more. He won't go to bed. I'm like, nah, you have me drive all the way up here. You're going to watch this. You're going to watch this ass kick as far as my friend. You're going to sit here and watch every, every bit of it. So I loved it. Um, and when the Trajan Bandy picked that pass off and returned it for six. First thing I thought about Gary was, hmm, I wonder how his boy Henderson feels up in Florida right now. Well, he's making plays up there. I mean, he's played the whole year. He has no complaints. I mean, that's, that's where he chose to go to school and he's playing and he's, he's had a couple 
uh, pick sixes himself, and and uh, he had an interception the I'm, other day, and you know I, I'm, I'm sure not, he's I'm not. not talk, Gary, I'm not talking about his individual play. Team sucks. Well, they're terrible. I ain't talking yeah. about his individual. I exactly. I, I I ain't talking about his individual play because his individual play ain't affecting his overall team's record. Look at what uh, Danny's doing. You know, you know like, I think these things always work out for the best. And I've never seen one of these kids defect at the end like that or decide to go somewhere else. Very, very few of them. And I'm not talking about the Calvin Ridleys of the world and the Mari Coopers that are, are absolute superstars that went to Alabama and stuff like that. But most of these kids right, right. from South Florida that don't come to Miami, very few of them to me, uh, other than the elite guys, end up being great players. And I, I'm going to put him in that category. I don't think Miami's missing a thing. Um, I think Miami's just no, fine with the guys they got. Exactly. So, you know, like this Pitt thing. Like, we've won, we've won in Pitt before, day after Thanksgiving. We've played up there in the cold before, and we've won with the Al Golden stat. And here's a little nugget. Here's a little nugget. My cousin's son, which is my cousin, he plays for Pittsburgh. He's one of their starting. He's one of their starting receivers, number eighty-two, Rafael Lope. Really? He was a JUCO player of the year. He was a JUCO player of the year out in California. And guess what? He went. He, he went to the same school Trent Harris went to at the same time. So you you can look him up. And my okay. cousin's like, yo, he said, he said our defense is terrible. He said mm-hmm. our defense is terrible. Not 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 the player, but. His father, he's like, yo, our defense is terrible, terrible. Now, mind you, he went to he went to JUCO. He didn't have to go to JUCO, but he did because he was a qualifier. But he still went. He was a California Player of the Year. He played receiver, and he went he went to the same high school as Trent Harris. He can he can go. He can he can ball. But I mean, they don't they they don't stand a chance. If our boys come out with the mind with the mindset like, yo, we're gonna dominate this game. Let's let's put foot to tail. And we go home and we chill and we get ready for Clemson. It's not. It shouldn't be. It shouldn't be a problem. I mean, we mm-hmm. won up there before the day after Thanksgiving. We played mm-hmm. up there the day after Thanksgiving before, so we won up there. So it's not. It's not foreign territory. We we won, you know. And, and it's a total different coaching staff. So I really believe that these, the coaches that we have now, will keep these fellas hungry, keep that edge. And another thing, you know, I know one of the trainers up here. I know one of the trainers, his name is Mo Gibson. You know, he and he works out a lot of running backs. He works out Saquon Barkley. He works out a bunch of a couple of running backs from uh Wisconsin in the summer, right here in the in the Maryland area. And he works out Anthony McFarland. So I was at the Damascus game like two weeks ago. Cause my, my, my man I was telling you about that went watching on the game game with, they've coached friends. And uh, Mo is one of the uh, strength and conditioning coach for Damascus and the running backs coach. So they wanted me to take a picture. I said, nah, man, I ain't taking no picture because you didn't send Anthony to Miami. And he was like, I wanted him to go to Miami. So then he showed me a text from where he sent to Anthony McFarland's father, right? And uh, Anthony, Anthony McFarland's father was like, yeah, I think we made the wrong decision. Miami's looking real good. So then he sent that same text to Coach Thomas, and he showed me what Coach Thomas, uh, his reply was, well, yeah, he wanted to go to Maryland. I I hope he's happy because he's not even starting up there or playing. So you know, you know, it's just, just it's just a lesson when you get these hometown, when you get these schools that come in late. You know what I'm saying? These Johnny come lately to get you to switch, and you've been courting this whole this one team the whole 
recruiting season and maybe even was a silent commit just to blow them, thing that sign ain't gold. They need to understand that. So I just wanted to give you a couple of those nuggets that I had, Gary. But um, I'm super impressed with Mike Rump. You know, I'm super impressed with Mike Rump. I, he's doing a hell of a job with the DBs. I'm all, I'm going to always say that because he's, you know, people gave him such a hard time and this, that, and the third. And, and I don't really think they're giving him his just due. You know, he got Michael Jackson, quote, unquote, as Kirby, uh, I'm not Kirby, but um, Kirby Herstreet said, one of the best DBs in the country. So we got to get, we're going to give that, we're going to give that man, we're going to give him his just due. And these next two games, I'm looking for them to maintain that edge, get these two wins, go to Charlotte, North Carolina, and yo, let's yo, let's ball out. Let's let's do it. Let let's make history. And like you said earlier, again, it's a dream season. You, you know what? Yep. It, it, maybe it is, and it's about time we had that. You know, so it's, it's it's about time we had that. It ain't nothing wrong with that. And building on it for next year. You know what I'm saying? Because what we got? We got LSU next year. We open the season with LSU, right? Yep. Exactly. So, yo, it, you know, Mark Rip and um, that strength and conditioning team and the rest of the coaches got these young boys, you know, putting their um, big boy pants on. I'm going to leave you this one metaphor that I was telling my uh, my youth football team. I was asking them uh, at workouts on Saturday. I asked them, I said, did y'all, I said, did y'all nuts drop yet? And they're like, what do you mean? I said, you know, I said, did y'all nuts drop yet? They said, what do you mean, Coach A? I said, well, when you're entering preteens, young adulthood, young manhood, I said, your nuts, you have to say your nuts drop. So you're producing more testosterone, producing more aggressive, aggressive behavior, aggressive nature. So that's what I, that's why I'm asking, have y'all nuts dropped? And they was like, oh, yeah, yeah, y'all nuts dropped. And that's what's going on with our team. They nuts has finally dropped because you got coaches that's producing that. Without going in, they nuts, they nuts wasn't dropping. They nuts was up. <laughs> All right, Steve Black. I, I I I I think that's a great note to <laughs> to, to segue. <laughs> Move on here. <laughs> that, thank hey, thank you for that. Me, thank you for that let me perspective get a on what's going on. Let me get, let me give a shout out to Uki, Slaughter, my man Kane Kane. Hey, y'all got we got to call each other, man. We got to rap and keep me on hold, Gary. Rest of the Kane Nation. Hey, we doing it this year. Appreciate all y'all calls. Keep me on hold, Gary. All right, D Black. Give us a call next week, man. Wow, that was that was interesting. Their nuts have dropped. Let's go to the two one two. You're live on Kane Sport Live. You with us? Who's this? That's you. You're on. Hey, I'm back. Okay, I'm sorry. I was talking to my wife for a second. I'm holding so long here, my ear is about going to sleep. Sorry about I that. Wanted to... <laughs> That's okay. Well, it shows the popularity. Uh, uh, anyway, I, uh, just shortly after I, I got on this evening, this goes about, uh, what, three hours or so back, you started talking <laughs> about, uh, I think you were underlining the importance to, uh, uh, to the victory of the stadium and the crowd, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I guess I'd like you to, to explore it and explain it a little bit more because I, I got the impression that you were really emphasizing it as if we hadn't played at, at the Rock. Uh, we might, maybe we wouldn't have even beaten Notre Dame. 
No, I think they're, they were they uh, I, uh, they were way better than Notre Dame. Okay, there's no yep. doubt about it. I mean, I think they would have beaten Notre Dame anywhere. But I, I mean, I guess you you weren't at the game, right? I mean, you're, you're, no, I guess I, you're up in, I'm you're up up in New York. York right now. I mean, you've never seen anything like this. I, I mean, yep. it was unbelievable. I mean, yep. did you go to the old Orange Bowl? or? Yes, I did. Yep. Okay. All right. So the, I, I, I try to – people ask me to describe it that can't come. And, like, it's like the heyday of the Orange Bowl. <laughs> and, 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 and you're going you're gonna to take an ad to it. With four of the biggest jumbo screens you'll ever see in each corner, yep. which now are yep. showing replays and fans and everything else the whole game, and the loudest, most pulsating sound system that you've ever Fantastic. heard in your life, that's just blasting like wow. all the anthems and everything else yep. all day yep. long. I mean, yep. and every play literally is a street party in the stadium. Yep. Nobody sits down. I mean, everyone's on their feet the whole game, and it's like every single play is cause for the most wild street party that you'll ever see with all right. respects to even Mardi right. Gras in New Orleans, okay? Right. I mean, there's nobody throwing beads. There's no, like, you know, I, I don't, I mean, yep. you, you yep. know, or, or anything like that, but I'm telling you, this is the most insane sporting atmosphere yeah. That well, I think I that, that that's fantastic because obviously, you know, we uh, we don't have a chance to go back to the old Orange Bowl, and as uh, uh, as as much as that had vibrated, this is this is probably this is uh, the, this this is the stadium of the century. So let me ask yeah, you and, this. Yeah, and, and you know, and, the, the the thing is, it's like it, you know, people are saying, oh, it's not going to be the same for a noon game against Virginia on Saturday. No, it's not going to be the same. You know, the students aren't going to be there in, in anywhere close to the same numbers because a lot of them are going right. home for the week for Thanksgiving. Right. Um, you know, it's it's just it's just the, the way the schedule sh- shook loose. It's not going to be the same. But th- those two games, those two night games in that stadium, were as good as the old Orange Bowl ever was, and. I I think it was a two touchdown uh, home field advantage. Well, that's terrific, and 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 we all hope it continues like that. So I guess the the next the only real t- well I guess in a in a way there's a mini test coming up against Pitt the day after Thanksgiving, but that's only a mini mini test, uh, and I'm not going to win against a letdown. But the real test I guess would come uh, against Clemson. Yeah, you get to Clemson almost. Yeah, it will be, but you know, get to that game and let it all go. Just yep, and you yep, know what? And have no regrets at the end of it. I'm with you 100. percent So play ball. So we're out. keeping our fingers crossed on that. And I'm I'm one of these guys that have always underlined don't look ahead. So this is the Virginia game is the next game. So let me ask you this now, because I I I think. And earlier today and, uh, and and before this, people have been talking about how great, you know, the team is and how it's come around. I'm not sure that everybody is giving enough credit to the, uh, to the staff, the size of the coach. The head coach obviously has set the tone every way, shape, or form. But the staff that he's got, I got to believe uh, – Starting with uh, with with the running backs coach and the uh, and Rump on the defensive coach, the assistant coaches. What I'm talking about. Don't uh, leave anybody uh, out because every one I'm, of them has been outstanding. 
I guess that's so. And, and look, the only guys I remember, and I, I'm going back a, a ways now, is the guys I remember were the running back coach, at, you know, Don Soldinger, who I guess was, was pretty good. He was controversial in some ways. But I'm wondering, you've been with him the whole time, all these decades. Do you think that the assistant coaches are better than they were in those days? Um, I'm not going to say that. I mean, when Miami has had great coaching staffs, Miami has competed for national titles pretty much every year. I think that's what you're seeing right now. They have a great coaching staff, and you see that they're competing in the national title race. They've gotten themselves into it here in year in year two. Um, yeah. They also had great coaching staffs back then. Uh, you know, you think back to guys like Gary Stevens. Um, right. Well, that's, that, that, was Chuck not, Pagano. that was the next level, though. Gary Chuck Stevens. Pagano. And... No, but Chuck Pagano, who, who's the head coach right. now with the yep. Indy Colts, yep. was, your, was your defensive back and special teams coach. I mean, yep. you know, um, they, they had great coordinators through those years. You know, Dave Wanstead. um right. You know, I know at that at that level you know, they were yeah, you had Davis as a defensive line coach. I mean, I mean, you, you know, it, it's easy to to get carried away with the modern day, but every time that Miami has been great, they've had great coaching staffs. I would say, with the exception, and obviously it wasn't a bad staff, but I would say a, a little bit of an exception would have been the Dennis Erickson staff. I don't know that that was a great staff. The, the and, and 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 you know, I think Jimmy Johnson. Dennis Erickson's staff. I mean, Jimmy, Jimmy Johnson left them an absolute juggernaut that they couldn't possibly screw up for a couple of years. But, right. but, but, but I think that's why the program went down real quickly after that right. talent dri- dried up. And, and I'm not sure that was a great, great coaching staff. Um, uh-huh. Well, he brought a bunch of guys or a bunch of guys went with him to Dallas. And then I think one or two Brodsky came back. Well, that's, well, that's Jimmy. You're talking about Jimmy, but, but Jimmy had a good staff. Right. Right. Well, anyway, I'm just saying I'm keeping my fingers crossed because this has just been fantastic, and uh, and every game is a uh, it has been a charm, and let's hope it continues. Yep, no doubt. All right, well, thank you for being part of the show. Okay, Gary. Right, bye now. Have have a great night. Let's go to the seven five seven. You're on Kane Sport Live. You with us? Seven five seven going once, twice. All right, let's go to the uh, 251. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Gary, what's up? iPhone Kane, Mobile, Alabama. Hey, what's up, man? What you got for uh, us? Right quickly, man. Feels so good, you know, uh, being in Mobile, you know, with the whole road tide and all that crap. But, like, actually, like, all my friends, basically, in my main group I talked to, my two best friends, one of them is an Oklahoma and one of them is an Auburn fan. And so, like, we all actually got a chance right now to actually play each other. And even though I don't know about Auburn beating Alabama, what do you think about that? You think they got a shot? Yeah, I think they have a shot. Uh, but I, I think if you're if you're looking for the best situation for Miami, I think you want Alabama. Yeah, Let Alabama, Alabama just run the table. Let them knock Auburn out of there, knock Georgia out of there. Um, and it keeps your options open depending on what happens in, in Charlotte. But what I think is the wild card of that whole thing is um, I really think Georgia Tech has a shot against Georgia. They do. You know, because, like, 
this year, Georgia Tech's played pretty good. You know, I think, like, well, we lucked up that game. I admit that. And it was raining. Yeah. And I think, like, rain against that triple option kind of slows it down. And that kind of was the same thing happened when they played Clemson that whole game. It was just pretty a rainstorm. So, I mean, yeah, I, Miami I didn't play well that day. They, yeah, yeah, so I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, I think they just beat Virginia Tech this week. So, I mean, Georgia Tech's pretty solid. I mean, that first week against Tennessee, you know, they they blew it at the end there with that two-point conversion attempt. But um, that and – Man, it just feels so good to have a Mobile Alabama quarterback at Miami. You know, I seen I seen Malik Rozier a couple months ago down at the uh, at one of the gyms down here. And I was like, man, this might be Miami quarterback right here, and it's it's just a great feeling, man. I hope we're able to uh, finish strong this year. But like one more thing, um, the only thing I wish Mark Rick would would kind of really be open to changing, maybe. I think we got to get a heavy package for the goal line. So that's really like the only he, part He would love to be time. able to do that, but they don't have the personnel to do it. Now, they just got a commitment yeah. from a, a big fullback by the name of Aurelius George from Georgia who's going to solve that problem uh-huh. next year. Yeah, but I'm talking about like this year because, you know, like, well, like they down here, do. I've seen the, the Cody and the Jonathan Allens and all those guys from Alabama probably do it. And, like, I mean, I know we might not want to risk McIntosh and Norton, but, like, even if it's Ford or DJ Johnson, I mean, I think we got we got to figure out someone that goal line because, like, that. I mean, you know, we've been we've been pretty good in every other facet of the game, but I, I just kind of hope we're able to to punch it in a little bit more. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's one of the weaknesses but, uh, of the team, no doubt about it. Yeah. If they if yeah. they get into those yeah. situations, you know, first and goal at the eight or so, like it's a problem, no doubt. Yeah, because. I, I mean, well, right now, hell, our best goal line person is probably uh, Burials right now. Yeah, but that's a lot of touchdowns. Yeah, so like I said, we, I think we got to figure out something. I mean, Homer runs hard. DJ DJ uh, Dallas, he, he he's a shifty back. He kind of reminds me, you know, a couple of years back, you know, like even though he's not the same size, but you know, like Jason Gathers when he came in was like that wide receiver. But, you know, he came in at the backup behind McGahee that year, and he was kind of that receiver running back type that can give you a little bit of everything. That's kind mm-hmm. of how D.J. Dallas is for us, I believe. Yeah, but he's not he's, he's not big like Jason Gathers was. Oh, yeah, yeah, I so see. He's not big like him, but, like, just, like, skill level-wise, where he's kind of he's a also not, Yeah, and he's not a natural running back. You know, he's never really been a running back. He's kind of, like, winging it out there on pure athletic ability. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, you know, that's why it's going to yeah, be interesting uh, in the big picture to see what happens with him because, you know, next year you got a like a five-star big back coming in and Wingard. I don't know what Mark Walton's yeah. going to do. He might look at the whole spectrum and just say, you know what, I'm going to just go see where they draft me in the NFL. Um, I hope Mark you know, Walton come back, but I don't, I don't think he He should is. come uh, back because he doesn't have a resume. He'd probably be a fourth or fifth-round draft pick right now. Probably a fifth. I mean, realistically, to me, hopefully – I think all of them should come back, but if any one of them ever thought about leaving early, it would probably be it should be uh, McIntosh. Yeah, McIntosh He's to me one is that's played to that level. Yeah, that's what I think, but we'll see. Yeah, well, that's about it, Jerry. Just all right, man. Thank you for being part of the show. Give us a call next time. Yep. Let's go to the uh, two five six. You're on Kane Sport Live. Yo, what's happening, Gary? Doing good. Who's this? Yo, this is Juan from Alabama, man. What's up, Juan? Talk to us. What you got? 
Uh, well, you know, I'm loving everything about Miami, but uh, and I already know what you're gonna say. Uh, they're gonna say what they're gonna say, you know, as far as ESPN goes. Man, so you trying to tell me that Alabama still gets all of this credit after barely getting out of Mississippi State last weekend, and they talking about no, that's a championship finish. Mississippi State almost lost a two and seven UMass man at home. Mm-hmm. Come on, man, the hate is real, Gary, and I love it. Well, they're but undefeated. The hate is real, man. That they're is undefeated. They go to the we're national undefeated. title game we're every year. They just, too, they just, though, Gary. yeah, but they go to the national title saying, game man, every year. They, they got the top talent. You can't talent live off country. of the, the past years, though, Gary. Man, that, I know, but they deserve it. They right have to, until somebody beats them, they deserve to be number one. They have the best talent in the country the best roster in the country, and they go to the national title game every year. So, I mean, they, 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 you know, they, we'll stop, we'll, yeah, we'll stop I, the accolades there because I think everybody knows what's up and, and, and a lot of the reasons why they have that roster. But, you know, it, it is what it is. I mean, so until somebody beats them, yeah. you got to put them number one. Uh, I mean, hey, man, I just leave that as your opinion, Gary. As far as I'm concerned, now, let me just say this. I work – for the hotel industry currently. Uh, I was down in the lobby right before, right after the Auburn game. It was a guy came down the lobby. He was like, who you guys watching? I said, oh, man, well, we watching Auburn beat the brakes off of Georgia right now. He then implied, oh, well, you know what I'm saying? Uh, I'm glad Auburn won, blah, blah, blah. I said, but the real game starts tonight at 7 o'clock, ABC. Tune in for that Notre Dame beatdown. Come to find out, he's a big Notre Dame fan. So I was like, uh, you know, after the game, I mean, it was a slaughter. I told him that we was going to slaughter him. He didn't agree with that. He got on the elevator, went up. I had to go to his room the next day, knock on the door, tell him it's the front desk. He came to the door. I said, how was that game, man? He shut the door in my face, Gary, which is fine because <laughs> we whooped that ass. But <laughs> anyways, uh Man, I, I'm glad we're in the in the playoffs, you know, talking everything like that. We just got to keep on winning. But I've been giving these crimson whores down here hell, man, because the hate is real, as I stated when I first, you know, got on the show tonight, man. They don't want to see us where we're at, Gary. I don't care what nobody say. They hate Miami, man. They hate us. Yeah. But I love it. And whenever we whoop some ass, I'm going to talk even more trash. Keep me on hold, Hurricane for life. All right, man. Thanks for being part of the show. All right, guys. Let me knock off these last few questions that were submitted on the message board at canesport.com, and then we'll go rapid fire. For those of you that are still on the line, I'll try to get you all in. Uh, why did Daryl Langham disappear? That's a good question, actually. Um, I don't think he did disappear. I think his playing time is about the same as it always has. I mean, remember – it just isn't a lot. I mean, this is a guy, even though he won the Florida State game, those were his only two plays the entire game were those last two plays. Um, I think the coaches are not as reactionary as the fans. I think they're playing who they feel are the best guys day in and day out. You know, Langham's going in for a play here, a play there, a couple plays here, a couple plays there. But he's not one of the top three receivers on the team, for example. And, and I think that that's why uh, you're not seeing him more just because he made the big plays in a couple games. I think, uh, 
you know, Daryl Langham kind of maxed himself out in those situations. And the, the coaches, this is a coaching staff that doesn't play, you know, they play the, the best guys and, and without any biases. And it doesn't matter what you did the last game. I mean, look, Lawrence Cager didn't play for weeks and they put him out there and he made that big play. So, you know, it keeps the kids hungry. And, um, you know, so I don't think it's a matter of him disappearing. I think he's playing about the same as he was playing. Um, let's see. Uh, how is the team coping without a week off for the past two months? Are they beaten up? And I don't think injuries have anything are, are a factor at all with this team. I think it's pretty healthy. I mean, obviously, you don't want to lose Mark Walton. And, you know, C.J. Perry was linebacker depth and was playing in some passing situations and stuff. But uh, I think this is a fresh team because of all the rotation that they have. And uh, I mean, even the O-line where there's the least amount of rotation, I think they just played the best game they have all year last week. So um, it looks like a fresh team. They don't look tired. They don't look beaten up. And uh, I don't think the fact, you know, the absence of an, of an off week here down the stretch is, is any factor at all. Um, let's see. We, we talked about assistant coaches leaving and, and, you know, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get into that one. Um, am I sticking with the preseason forecast for a nine-win season? <laughs> That's a funny guy who submitted that one. Look, uh, it, there were a, a whole list of questions entering the season about this team. We had no idea how Malik Rozier would perform. Uh, remember, he was a guy that Mark Rick was telling would never play for him less than a year ago. We had no idea about the offensive line which was starting a true freshman and had no depth. You know, Navon Donaldson has turned out to be a beast. And Mahoney and Gator held up okay when they had to go in. Uh, but they still only have seven guys. What if they were – what if they had a rash of injuries? That was a big question mark. We said before the year you can't lose Mark Walton. But now Travis Homer has stepped up in a big way and has negated that. And you're getting something out of DJ Dallas, which you never would have predicted back at the beginning of the season when you're sitting there saying how many – games is this team going to win this year we didn't know about the secondary look at how those kids have played off the charts did we know that all these freshmen Trajan Bandy Amari Carter were going to come off the bench and play as well as they've played did we know that Jaquan Johnson was going to be able to hold up and play as well as he's played at safety that Sheldrick Redwine would move from cornerback to safety and be as good as he's been we didn't know any of this stuff um so basically team is outperforming all of the predictions, not just, you know, the Fed, the my, my, I think I said 10 and two, actually not, not nine uh, at the start of the season. When I did my prediction column, I said 10 wins. And um, I think they're outperforming all of the predictions. And um, a big factor also is that they've won close games, which is any team that wins 10, 11 or 12 games has to win the close games. So the stars have aligned in every way. They've checked off every box that they had to check off. All of the big games have been at home. The home crowd has taken its game to a whole new level that you just don't see very often at any level of football. And it's all come together in a season that's better than expected. But uh, if you were, I can't imagine that too many people predicted it to this degree before the season. And I, I, and I would put myself in that category. I thought they could win 10 games this year. It looks like they're going to win 11 um, possibly 12 and, and move on from there. So, um, you know, we'll see what happens here down the stretch. All right. Um, got a few guys that have been waiting, like I said, to, to come on the show. And, um, 
I'm going to go through these last few calls here. Um, keep your comments real tight. We've theoretically got uh, five minutes left, so um, but I'm going to try to get everybody on. Let's go. Let's start out at the um, the seven eight six. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Gary, yeah. how are you? Yes, sir. Gary, Who's how this? are you? Who's Everything this? 305. All right, man, go. you got to go fast tonight. Go. Real real quick, just wanted to point out what a fantastic job that offensive line did this past week. They did a, a great job of, of doing things together. Communication was fantastic. Uh, really impressed with how they've come together. And, oh, by the way, it's nice having that freshman number 55 in there. I think he made a humongous difference in many different ways. And it can't be underestimated the impact he's had on this offensive line, and that's why I totally agree. All last year, last year I told you every every show you had, the single most important recruit was going to be that kid, and so far he's uh, he's been very impactful, to say the least, on the recruiting front. Uh, fantastic weekend. Saw a lot of parents. Uh, I, I think we're going to have a solid year recruiting wise, and especially in December, I think we're going to get a kid or two that we weren't thinking of. We weren't planning on getting uh, lots of things, a lot of buzz going on right now, Gary. No doubt. Thanks a lot. Have a good one. Go Kane. All right, man. Yeah, get in earlier. You always have good things to say. Get in earlier next week. Uh, let's go to the 941. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hi, Gary. This is Meister Kane. How are you? From Port Charlotte. What's up, Meister? Go ahead. Talk to us. Hey, I'll try to make, I'll try to make this quick as I can. Uh, I'm going to go out on a limb. I was at that game. And I'll tell you, it was phenomenal. Never experienced anything in my life like this. But like I said before, I'm going to go out on a limb and say this team can go all the way this year. I'm going to say that. And I'm even going to say they might even do it again next year because the chemistry is right with the coaching staff, with the players, with everyone, and all the fans. It was, it was a great game, a great run. I'm going to say go Canes. Let's go all the way. And I'll leave it at All right, that. Mike. All right? You got it, man. We'll talk to you next week. All right. All right, you bet. All right, guys, we made it through. Um, a couple guys just dropped off, so we, we've got everybody on that wanted to be on. Um, I want to thank everybody that called in tonight. Another really, really, really good show. Obviously, everybody's thrilled to death with the way the Canes are doing. Um, got a you know little questionable ranking in the football playoff, but like we talked about, Nothing to worry about. They're going to get a chance to, to prove it on the field on December the 2nd when they play Clemson in the ACC championship game. In the meantime, you got a little business you got to take care of. You don't want to slip up now. you got Virginia Saturday, 12 o'clock in the Orange Bowl. The challenge has been put out to the Canes Nation to show up and be just as rabid as you were for those night games, even though it's going to be a little hotter, a little sweatier. Um, hopefully – the fans can get at least close to that atmosphere. I don't know that an equal atmosphere is reality. Uh, you got to agree with that. Hopefully get close to that atmosphere. And then you got to go to Pittsburgh on a Friday and the day after Thanksgiving, eat a little turkey the night before at the hotel and uh, go take care of business against a pit team that can go in a couple different directions in that game. And we'll talk more about that next week, but uh, it'll either be their bowl game or they'll have one foot out the door in Miami. It'll just steamroll all over them. So we'll see what happens there. Um, like I said, we'll talk more about it next Tuesday night. We'll talk about the Virginia game. We'll see what, how the rankings look next week. Um, I want to thank our, our sponsors tonight. I want to thank Harry's Razors. Again, you go to harrys.com slash canesport. They'll give you their 
trial shaving kit, which comes with a razor and five blades and some shave gel. Um, $13 value for free. All you got to do is pay the $3 shipping. Uh, that's harrys.com slash canesport. I highly recommend you check them out. And if you're a small business guy or an entrepreneur, um, I recommend you go check out the startup.com, the company created by Canes fans where only Canes fans work. And now they want to help Canes fans manage their small business careers and their entrepreneurial exploits and uh, just be hugely successful in the small business world. So check them out as well. Um, I guess I'll see those of you that come to the game on Saturday out at the stadium. It, sh- it, it should be fun. And then we'll meet back here next Tuesday night for another Kane Sport Live. Good night, everybody.